Yeah, we're independent. We're truly independent. And that means we can say whatever the fuck we want. That might be why we haven't been picked up. <laughs> Could be. It's going to be a spicy show. It's going to be a spicy show tonight, people. I got very depressed when I jumped on Twitter. That's a natural response to Twitter. I think, I think that's, the, that's, the, that's the expected outcome. I, I just felt sadness. That's all. I, I, I am too empathetic to engage with the online community, which is why I'm so grateful that you two do for me. So, yes. I don't. I, I really do. I just retweet what Josh posts yeah. about the show, and uh, I like a few things here and there. That's about all I do. Yeah. Dave's like my echo. <laughs> I say <laughs> something. I'm like, well, maybe this will get to a couple of extra pages. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. And it also makes me feel like I'm, it gives me that boost of serotonin when I put out my tweet and I see an instant retweet. I'm like, oh, who's retweeted? Oh, of course he has, old Dave. He's looking after me as per usual. And then we'll go on a batch retweeting where I'm like, Dave has retweeted seven tweets. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit, Dave must have just got on. I mean, um, all the, whenever I retweet your stuff, I just get liked by Cagney Lynn Carter. Jesus, is it you? You and your poor are you? You literally going to uh, merge out and branch out of that? Ready? Are you leaving us? Is this what's happening? Are you announcing tonight that that's you're you're starting your own? Yes, I'm going. And, on... and also, that's not that's a catfish. That's that's catfish Lynn Carter right there because that ain't a real person that's doing that. I tell you that right now. No, it actually is her. Oh, great. Yes. We have discussed many times. I've given her a lot of money. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's why he wasn't able to come to Melbourne. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Then we announced we were launching a Patreon to support Red's investment and, uh, you know, his sex positive support of, uh, you know, sex work is real work. I, I'm, I'm positive about everything. Everything is yeah. positive with me. Hey, speaking of which, the, um, the vlog is now live. Yeah, cool. Our Tamashi Melbourne vlog has made it. I ha- I haven't watched it yet because I didn't have FOMO when the night happened. I was at work. I was like, yeah, you guys have a good time. I was fine with it all. And then you guys gave me a breakdown of what happened. And then I got instant FOMO like that. Like, So I haven't actually watched it yet because I, I wanted... I, I know exactly when I watch it, it will be painful to watch. Not, no. not saying that... Pain. Yeah, instant pain. You'll just be like, how dare these people? And then Dave will make three or four quips and be like, fuck this guy. No. <laughs> I, I have heard about it from fans of the show about how good it was and everything. And, and you know, and you guys shouted me out and all that kind of stuff. And I appreciate that. But I mean, like, you know, any experience to be shared as the tripod watching wrestling, I'm just like, oh. I read, I, I stick the knife in and then I go, but we love you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and then he sticks it back in a little bit. It's just it's just a it's a in and out experience. When I did up the supercut for the promotion of the Robbie Fletcher match, I'm like, it's the it's like the most comprehensive highlight package that's available currently of that match. It's like this yeah, this that's match. Why I, for, it, I was like, mm, is it going to get flagged because like no. how much we put on? <laughs> no, because it's not TV Asahi coming for us. And if they start coming for fans doing that, we're in trouble. It's uh, if I was recording their screen we may get flagged because in our actual vlog we're watching new japan world on a television oh yeah in the background (laughs) that has the option that i'm not putting past them that they will come for that but for the actual show they won't because remember dave we were encouraged lord andy coin said to us record and promote hashtag njpw tamashi so we did 
Yeah, um, because I always wondered about that because when I was went to that show in Japan, it's like it's clear that you're not allowed to take photos mm -hmm. or record or anything. Uh, so I kind of got sheepish when we were in the, at the Sydney one. Halfway through, I'm like, mm, should I really be recording? I'm not sure. This one, it didn't. I, I, I think I was too pissed to give a fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it was also encouraged. I think you know, like, yeah. I think in Japan they let you take photos, but they don't let you record video. And, um, but I think it, again, it's about New Japan's expansion is about you know adjusting those for different cultural contexts. You know, so mm. um, they don't play the video beforehand. You know, so. As a consequence, I think it's a fair game. And, and as I said, we were promoted, you know, encouraged to do it. And I think it only promotes the show because um, in this context, no one can see it. So until they can, it's going to be like the Bret Hart, you know, Tom McGee fucking tape, you know, like yeah, we just want to see some part of this. And I think I, I was watching it back and I was like, oh, this is some of the reactions are fucking hilarious. Dave, you did well to capture me considering you were filming like one angle. You weren't like, you're just like swinging it around and like, it's hilarious because I, I'm listening to it. There's a great shot of me grabbing Dave's leg. That's kind of like this iconic. <laughs> I just grabbed his leg. It's like halfway through a submission. I'm like hanging on to him. I'm like. <laughs> I filmed I filmed my leg. <laughs> so anyway, that's gone live. I'm very happy with um, that it's done. It took, it's it somehow it's 27 minutes long. Uh, it, we were there. We were literally in the, we recorded for like, 18 hours as opposed to the last time we were away for three days or whatever. We, this time we somehow got 27 minutes of footage, but um, yeah, the vlog is going to grow and grow. I cannot wait for the vlogger. I think that's going to be an epic. It's going to have to be episodes. That's going to be like, we, yeah, we're going to basically have B and BTE stiff equivalent. It's got a, uh, a big stiff feel, I believe is the term. Mm. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be great. I'm looking forward to it. I don't know when it's going to be, but I'm looking forward to it. Just bear with me. Just stick with it, okay? There's a thing I'm doing, okay? So just, just bear with me, okay? It's in the theme bear, of the Bear new with me. Bear, Red, after last week, you know we're going to bear with you. That went that <laughs> went 14 minutes. Yeah, I know. I know. It was you're great. Like, you're like, leave it all in. I'm like, I can't. It goes 14 minutes. <laughs> we bear with you. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you did a good job of capturing the essence of what it was. <laughs> that was well put together. I'm sure that was a nightmare to edit. <laughs> Yeah, I was like, which is the best, most emblematic 14 seconds I can grab? <laughs> the year is 1999, and two young boys meet at sex education. The two young boys would then go on to forge a wrestling love affair. Every single Sunday through the course of high school, they would catch up, and that blossomed into a friendship of nothing else beyond drafting basketball and chatting about wrestling. Those two young boys are one, myself, Red Williams, and Josh. The year is 2009, Southern Cross University. A young boy, bright-eyed and bushy, from Melbourne, travels all the way down to study. Was not young. 
it's, it's, it's <laughs> a kind of young boy. <laughs> that young boy happens to meet young Red Williams while studying media at the same time. That boy was Dave Pruden. Now, Dave Pruden decided to make a movie that I happened to feature in that I totally nailed. But we needed an extra in one particular scene. That extra was Josh Cricket. Yeah, that was racially profiled in the casting of that film. <laughs> <laughs> that is the backstory of how the tripod Get a couple of years later to we discuss we should start doing a podcast and we decide to do a deep dive on one Jay White. And it is extremely bittersweet to say this because it is a new beginning, but lock up your daughters, lock up your wives. They call him Switchblade. He likes his knives. Just when you thought we were done, it's time for fun. I am the Count Dracula of vernacular. I am the He-Man of verbal memes. I am the sensual, Valentine's loving, ravishing red rude. And as always, I am joined by that little boy from Melbourne, that little boy, <laughs> young man. He is the hair care devastator of the greatest perms you'll ever see in his palms. He is Mumble Bob. He is the token war pimp himself. Dr. Dave Pruden. The greatest perms in his palms. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, he is this super producer making the magic happen socially, online. You can find him at Twitter. He is the chocolate mouse himself, the reeker of Salika. He is Dr. Julius. Josh. Brighton. Oh, that's me. And my best friends of one for I don't know how many years. I'm 36. We met in 1999. The other in 2009. Do the math, someone. We have been best friends ever since. And that one thing that has kept us together is Jay White. <laughs> yeah. And now we will have to fucking part ways. Good, goodbye, everyone. Great to know you at all. This is the final episode. Great walk down memory lane there, Ed. Um, well, I, I just, I just figured because our first actual show we ever did was a deep dive on Jay White. I like the links. Yeah, I mean that's the reason why we started the podcast was we kept having discussions about that character, um, yeah. and we're like, we think that what's happening here is something really interesting and we wanted to take an angle. We're talking his return, right? That's when we're... Yeah, we, that's... When we like in 1995. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. that was that was my first intro. It was two-year-old Jay White. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, it's, it, is, it is a trip to think about that that was, and all of our early podcasts, like yeah, all of them were Jay White-centric. Even when we're trying not to talk about him, we'd always find a way to figure out what we saw and, and a lot of our discussion was about his the next four or five years of his booking, which all sort of came to pass, you know, which is kind of crazy when you look in retrospect. You know, a lot of things we predicted for him ultimately came true. And that, uh, I mean, the first time he ever said 
lock up your daughters, lock up your wives, because Jay White likes yeah. his knives. Yeah. But that was uh, such a brilliant off-the-cuff line that popped us both. Yeah, it became, <laughs> it became the thing that you used in every intro for, you know, that was the, the running gag for that first run of the podcast. Um, yeah, look up, look at your dollars, look at your eyes, look out for Switchbait. He likes his knives. Yeah, um, I thought you, I thought you both would like that one. A little bit of a callback. Huh. Yeah, yeah it's very good. nice. Bit of nostalgia makes it feel yeah. nice, and because that's what this is. This is a look back. <laughs> this is a retrospective. But Red, I mean, I like, I like that you mix it up. Uh, this is a well considered intro, un- unlike the, the maniacal disaster of last week, <laughs> yeah. which was equally compelling. <laughs> it was compelling. It was compelling. Uh, as you boys said, I like to show my range, and oh, yeah. I just thought I'd go, I'd do a callback. It's a big thing in wrestling, doing a callback, and you know. yeah, very yeah. sentimental on mm. Valentine's Day, right? Very sentimental. Make a callback to the our, our first New Japan love. Well, that's why they call me the love dove. I've I've seen that. Many people have called you that. I've seen yeah. that many times. I think that's how people greet you in the street. Yeah, when they it's, see the, it's red, the love dove. They, they say, hey, here's the love dove. Um, so this is going to be interesting, this episode, because obviously for people that listen to us, um, they know. <laughs> I mean, first of all, uh, great to have you here, Dave. Good to see that you turned up. It's great to yeah. see. Um, Very happy. Thank you for showing up, Dave. I didn't actually know how this show was going to go. Congratulations. <laughs> thanks for thanks for coming by. Um, but no, I think um, I'm really interested to see the angle that we take and the way that we go about this because there's a lot of stuff happening in New Japan at the moment, like a like a real like a lot lot. A lot. Um, it's a very busy ten days that's coming up. Um, some massive massive stuff on the horizon. Um, that we'll obviously talk to. And I think, you know, a fairly news-worthy Osaka show uh, that we've just seen. So, I mean, obviously, as I said, there's a, there is a interest in having a discussion about um, that Jay White-Hikaleo match and the outcome and the ramifications and that. Um, but... I think there's also a lot of other stuff that's been announced over the, the past couple of days and that leads in the future that's also of, uh, you know, importance and and will sort of give us something to to look forward to because I think, I, I don't know about uh, you, Dave, and I'm a little bit, but my my thinking was like as soon as that result happens, like, well, I'm not projecting anymore. <laughs> I've given up on uh, speculating about the future of this one storyline. I think it's everything's happening as I imagine it to be happening. So I, you know, I don't want to be... I hate, you know, if I'm going to be right on this, I don't want to be, but I think it's, it's where it's headed. So I'm like, oh, no point really engaging in that kind of discourse. Instead, have a bit of a look at the broader implications of what that meant and what that experience was like, and then probably talk about all the other stuff that's happening at the moment that we can look forward to that has got some certainty that we know is coming, you know, mm. um, and some of the exciting sort of stories and character developments and movements that we are starting to really see um, especially leading into you know the New Japan Cup announcements and um, yeah the the couple of shows that are coming up. Yeah, I mean there's there's uh, you know there's some other aspects from that Osaka show that I'm very excited about, mm. um, and you know I I want to heap praise on on uh, one wrestler in particular and it's. 
not the one that's leaving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's, and that's cool. I think that ultimately is, this is the nature of the stuff. I do think there is a, there is a, um, we're in the pour one out for Jay White um, sort of stage of like, I want to talk about that match. I want to talk about what I think it's emblematic of. And I think there's a lot of stuff involved in that, that I think is kind of interesting. Um, but again, as you said, Dave, there's a couple of things out of the, the show. I'm like, Oh, this is cool. And this is interesting. And, and they're the things that yeah. you sort of latch onto as this is where new Japan's going and it's in good hands if they're going in those directions, you know? So that's kind of how I, I viewed it. Um, and a lot of our questioners, I think um, they, they did the same thing, you know, they're looking at, um, and I think it might be a reflective of, you know, even the Western fan base of like, okay, enough of this stuff up here. Okay. We're cool. We get it, but we're really cool. We're really keen on X, Y, Z and all the mm-hmm. undercard stuff or this new faction or this new group or this new guy coming through or this slight change or this elevation, those things are, are what are capturing our, our audience. So um, we will, let's be real to people for the, for the Jay white fans out there that I, I'm guarantee that have come to our podcast because of our, you know, consistent considered uh, discussion about the guy and his career and his character and whatnot. We will talk about it. Um, but I think it's also, uh, well, from my as as my attempt to cope with all of this, I am moving towards what am I looking at it to the next? Who are the next people that I'm going to be able to invest a similar level of of uh, you know my consideration towards? That's kind of how I look at it because it's not my first radio when it comes to my guy leaving. Unfortunately, New Japan is that's kind of the story of New Japan. Well, I mean, the closest I ever had to being disappointed by a dude was a uh, uh, broken Matt Hardy. And I always know the story of how I love that storyline, how it went around the entire internet and how such a diverse character and everything. And to see him pop up on the Fed and Josh, you said to me, he's getting paid. But it didn't take away from the burn or the hurt. <laughs> Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy was your guy with you, right? <laughs> that, that broken Matt Hardy thing took the internet by storm. And it was one of the greatest character developments. That I, I well, I'm just saying that I loved it and I feel your pain, Dave. Yeah, it's a very similar, it's an equal level of investment and loss. Completely different, but... Very equal, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying... Very similar level of investment I'm saying, and loss. I'm just saying that for me, that was something where I was like, no! Yeah, even, yeah. Though, even though I don't think Jay's going to WWE, I don't. I still 100% don't think he's going there. I'm just saying, I, I feel your pain, Dave. I feel your pain. Oh, it, uh, look, it's okay. Uh, in the moment, I mean, look, will we just do it first? Should yeah, just, just yeah, get out of the way. I think we just get like, out of the rip way. Off, rip off the Band-Aid? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, in the moment, I uh, I mean, I, to be honest, when I was watching the match, I kind of like actually forgot that the card was on that night. <laughs> I had a big day. And, uh, yeah, I was pretty tired. And in the moment, it was, yeah, it was kind of, it was pretty deflating. Mm. I enjoyed the match. I thought the match was great. And I liked the story that was told and I really liked the finish. And, you know, all all those aspects of it were were really, were really uh, good. And and Jay gives Hikaleo the the rub and uh, he gets a clean pin and there's no fuckery involved and, I like those aspects of it. I 
and uh, you know the the promo after and mm. you know the, the fist bump with Tana and all that sort of thing. There's some yeah. really special moments that will be historic and remembered. And uh, you know, hope I hope that Red is right and and those those uh those story beats are told again in who knows when. Um, you know my my fear after the match was that that that. You know, there is potential that this is the end. I know he has a match, it's some US dates or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, WrestleMania is around the corner. Yep. So, uh, yeah, there, I have some fear there. And, and it just stems from that the fact that that guy, to me, represents, you know, everything that I like about wrestling in sort of one character. Whereas before there was elements of wrestling and, and wrestling characters and different things that were kind of like spread across a bunch of different guys in my fandom as a kid. Uh, and, you know, my, you know, dips in and out as I got older, I'm like, oh, I like that aspect of that dude or this story or whatever the thing that's going on here. But it was really the first time where I had sort of all the things that I really liked encapsulated and I enjoyed uh, trying to figure out the story of, of Jay. And uh, at, at moments I was correct and in other moments I was very, very wrong. <laughs> um, and, you know, that's all part of it. That's all fun and games. Mm. But uh, <clears throat> after that, hit me i there was there was some glumness about the possibility of him not being there and i just kind of had to have a bit of a moment and stop talking stop chatting online stop looking at twitter and all Mm. that sort of thing and just i was like i think i'm going to give the space to elp and tamatonga and watch that match and kind of actually um be there with it and sort of follow the rest of the card uh, as much as I could, and then sort of process everything that had happened over the coming days. And, uh, yeah, it it's sort of, it's weird. Like, this is what I like. I really, really love this aspect of New Japan, how it they are able to have you invest in these sorts of characters. And uh, the ability to give the wrestler freedom to be you know, and as authentic as you can be as a character within the framework of what pro wrestling is, their authentic version of what they want to be in that space. And what's troubling to me about him going to the Fed is the fact that I just won't watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's a, that's a moral thing that I have. I just won't support that company. But then the idea that perhaps that he could be going to AEW I mean it's it's less harsh to me that idea and yeah sure I'll probably watch Jay there uh at least to see how he's presented but I it's again it's like it's TK's version of Jay White and, yeah. and TK writing those stories whereas I feel like Jay in Japan is a collaboration of Jay and Gato and and they come to some sort of agreement about where they want that character to go within the the larger framework of other main eventers and all that sort of stuff. Uh, so that that's why I'm disappointed because 
95% of my experience watching wrestling these days is watching New Japan and and 95% uh, of the New Japan that I watch happens in Japan. Mm. And so Jay won't be a big piece of my viewing anymore. And, you know, it's an opportunity, of course, to go on balls deep into other guys. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> Always a great experience. Um, experiment for a bit, you know. Yeah, yeah. Experiment, see what's out there. Yeah. The waters. That's it. Just, uh, yeah, just see what there is. Them into trios. Yeah, just you yeah. never know. You never, you never know. know. There's, a, there's a hot young group of trios out there. We're looking for you, Dave. You know who knows. So yeah, it's just it's it's a bit sad. And you know, I I hold out a little bit of hope that that the story comes back around. When it happens, who knows? If it happens, hmm. I mean, who knows? And I don't really care to speculate at this point. It is what no. it is. And, uh, yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I just wanted to speak more to my emotion about it rather than I think he's coming back or I don't think he's coming no. back or yeah. whatever because it's kind of, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a one time within this podcast and within sort of talking to you guys that I don't necessarily, I don't know and I don't... I'm not going to pretend that I have some inside no. understanding of of what his move is. I'm unfortunately I'm not surprised because I the story it's it's Occam's razor. The story has the way he's the the way he's like the Wrestle Kingdom match that's it's kind of been pointing to yeah. that he's leaving the territory and it's always kind of pointed to that. Tying up a lot of loose ends. Yeah. Yeah. And helping, um, this is a sort of thing I really wanted to, to talk to. Um, I'm, like I said, we'll see how right or wrong we are. I'm I'm pretty sure he'll probably end up at the Fed because um, no one says farewell, all the farewells from the boys. Um, if you go to AW, they're going to see you again. You know, they, they can work there. What, but it speaks to sort of what I like about New Japan in a lot of respects is they're sort of promoting this as he's on his exile and his excursion. Um, and you got to love Jay White. Like he literally word for word echoed his young boy excursion speech promo that he'd given seven years ago in Osaka. He gives it again post the loss in Osaka saying, "I'm you know, New Japan is my home. New Japan fans are my family. And I'm goodbye, you know, like I'm off on excursion again. And it's like he just decided to pull out the switchblade and let the blade come out and then just stab everyone on the way out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, because it's like, well, that's such a baby face thing. And like that's the ultimate Krusty's coming story. I know that's a you know, Super J cast has talked about. That's the the will he ever turn face. And I think, you know, that's that's what I like about it not being a story and more being a character, because he can go to the WWE for five years, six years, eight years, whatever. And the way they've framed it, it's like he's on exile. He's in excursion. Like he's off. He can't be in Japan. So it makes sense to go elsewhere, wrestle for other companies. If he ever comes back, I think that will be an all-time return. Um, mm -hmm. And I've always wanted that for uh, Prince Devitt. That's always been my, like, I'm, I'm still holding that fucking note, but it's always been that he's a, he was a lot older when he left, you know? Jay White's 30 years old. Mm. So whatever he's going to do, he can do for years. And it's going to suck in the short term. I said it to you the other night when we're talking about it. I'm like, it's going to suck because we're going to lose one of the great auteurs of modern wrestling, um, being able to tell the story the way he wants to tell them. 
in Japan, you know, regardless of what he does. And it'll be years before he returns, most likely. However, when he does return, if he does return, it could be incredible. We just have to yeah. live with the fact that he may never return. In the same way, you know, um, he's a, he's a he's a dojo boy though. He's a he's a New Japan young lion, and that's a different thing. There's a different thing to that than just other guys that leave. He's he's got a connection to that place, and I have to commend him. Uh, in terms of if you want to talk about doing the right thing on the way out, in terms of look at the story he was telling with Okada. He kept hammering and insisting this like, Okada the coward, Okada the coward. That's this he set Okada up. He pitched he the the turn happened as a consequence of Jay sort of being proven right that this guy's actually someone you gotta be gotta be careful of. You know, he's a bit of a prick. So now Okada the Coward is who Okada is kind of like pseudo becoming, at least Okada the entitled prick. I think we can all accept Okada the entitled prick is now the character shift. So we've done that as part of that story. The Hikaleo thing to me was, was, I mean, say what you want and you can, we can have, we can litigate if we all, we can all have a discussion about who should have been given that opportunity, but it's clear the story that's been told over the last two years has been Hikolo being the young boy that came into Bullet Club under Jay's leadership that Jay mm-hmm. saw great potential in as his boy and his like that's we talk about young boys in the system that was Hikolo he was a guy that Bullet Club adopted we just kind of didn't think of it like that you know he was out on an excursion in the UK and Jay brought him back to Strong to be with him during the, the pandemic era and he's tied it with Jay the entire run you know he's he's with him and then you know, they turn on the family and they turn to kick Tama and Tungaloa out. But Hikolo stays with Jay because he's got an affinity to him. He understands he's the guy that's given me my opportunity and he's doing this until the eventual turn, right? That Hikolo says, I got to go back to my brothers. You know, that's that's my true family. So the whole story is as Jay believing in Hikaleo and thinking that he can be something and that he has this potential to be this big monster and he can become a, a dominant force in New Japan. Jay believed that from the get-go and he still believed it, but being, you know, betrayed by him, you know, Jay would obviously be delusional and make it seem like that was part of the reason he lost and he was, you know, having in the slump or whatever. But ultimately it's this thing of, you know, I believed in you and you betrayed me. I think, you know, I'm going to kick you out of this place. Those two had a match that, you know, people that, that are coming in, parachuting in to watch New Japan Pro Wrestling and like wanting a work rate match. That's not what that match was going to be. It relied upon investment. If you were invested in that match, if you cared about the outcome, it was a, it was an epic. It was something of like high drama. We talked about it before. That's high drama. It, the stakes felt so real and Jay bumped his ass off, Hikolo. He was thrown they threw each other around they took hikolo took an insane big man bump like over a guardrail hitting the like i've never seen a big man take a bump like that both of them like when they came out hikolo was um borderline crying and everyone was speculating oh no I'm like oh this does this mean hikolo is the one going but i think the enormity of the of the moment and of the knowing what's about to come and that he's about to basically be given the biggest rub he's ever going to get and that Jay was willing to do that for him. And Jay, as I said, a masterful performance because Jay comes out and you would not know. There's no boo-boo face. There's no sign that he's 
about to wrestle his last match in Japan, you wouldn't have a clue. He's coming out all bravado, talking shit. There's a bit of fracturing in that character as he sees he's walking out. You know, he's trying to motivate himself and talk himself into there. But the idea of Hikolo was just too big, too strong. Just too big and too strong. And Jay would try to cut him down, but he just couldn't do it. And they, you know, he stripped him, he slapped him. He like he just tried to get, you know, to embarrass him. And he kept fighting back until that ultimate, I've got nothing left. Jay's been powerbombed into fucking next week. And he's just they put up the bullet club thing of like a show of acknowledgement and yeah. he gets it back and he smiles and he he's done. He's exasperated. He's done. It was like, he was proud of him. He was too. proud. Yeah. yeah. He was proud. He was, it was my guy has done it. He it's like, I, I saw this in you all those years ago. This is the guy that I wanted to see. And he's like, if anyone's taking me out, it's going to be you. And it's like, that story, regardless of how you can, oh, we want to pick someone else. Like, but those have that's the they've been telling that for a long time. Like, that's been that was his young boy, you know. So, to me, it makes all the narrative sense in the world. And it, the fact that it was in us, I mean, there was a lot of red flags heading into it. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> um, and the fact that it was in Osaka it was like, oh no. And that's the thing. Big things happen in Osaka. It's Jay's first singles loss in Osaka. Yeah, you know, like these are significant moments for him in this place and as i said um he he echoed it and he's he's made that clear in his story it's like that was his that was the era he's even that was the switchblade era so he will never the switchblade's gone like that's done mm. whatever he becomes wherever he goes where he stays whatever he becomes switchblade's done and i just think it's a one of the when you look back on it and you look at what he's achieved at his age it's one of the all-time great runs. I think it was hampered incredibly by the pandemic. And mm. I, I think we're all I think we all lost something. We I mean everyone lost a lot during the, yeah. the pandemic, but the fact that we whatever that story post Abushi was supposed to be, the fact we never got it is frustrating. And um the fact we never got the if we don't ever get the face run of Jay White in um New Japan, I think that's a an all-time uh, missed opportunity in terms yeah. of um, I cannot imagine how popular that guy would be as a babyface in Japan. I just I can't imagine how popular that guy would be as a babyface in that context where he can do all the moves he can do. And- you know what? I think the comparison is, and it's and it's funny when you look at it. You know, like the whole story that's being told is you know has been of like Jay competing to be respected by Okada, to be, to be like an Okada, the the and you know the, the the sort of the telling of this story and the pivotal moments being in Osaka, and mm, then leaving, and then not if he leaves as Switchblade comes back as something else. It's, it's like he, no longer is it the Okada; it's the Naito story yeah. if he's come back. Yeah, and we always said that about the man mm. that, like, it, we joked about this maybe six months ago. It's like he's not Okada; he's Naito, and that's. And that's what it is. He just the, he started as the heel version of that, you know. Mm. Um, and we would never know. I don't know if he'll ever return, but I'm telling you, if he ever does, it will be it will be an iconic run. Um, and if he goes to the WWE, I hope he makes a lot of money, and I hope he makes millions of social media followers, and I hope he returns, yeah. and I hope he brings them all with him, um, because I think 
he has he's the one he's the one that has always had the most potential to be the guy that ultimately unites the fandoms and i think him as a baby face is the guy that can unite every sector of pro wrestling fan i honestly think that as a heel he's divided people because he's methodical and he's slow and people see him as boring right because he's not a work rate guy if you then add the character and story beats with elite work rate, which he can do, hmm. he he's uh, on another level. There's no one that will touch him. So because he's from a Western side in terms of his capacity to be basically the perfect catalyst for engagement from the West to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So as I said, I think people are interested in where he's going because they can see the potential in him. Um, but I've always said the ultimate potential in him is in the place where it's his home. He'll always be the best at home. And whether he is he's not to be back for a few years, it's going to be sad. I I will be very disappointed, but it's not the first time I've been disappointed by a Bullet Club leader leaving the New Japan Pro Wrestling. It won't be the last. Um, that's just the nature of the beast. Um, and Bullet Club is what it is at this point. Um, it's... I think it's time to pack it up. I think it's time to, time to pack it up. But uh, uh, until people stop buying those T-shirts, um, it's the same way until people stop buying Chaos's towels, um, we ain't we aren't breaking this down yet. Um, but, yeah, that was where I was at. I was like, I was very sad. I was very disappointed. Uh, I did go to Twitter, uh, which was, you know, not the greatest for the mental health in terms of the amount of uh, shit posting and speculation that's going on. They're the two types that you're engaging with. But to me, it's a matter of being a realist. And I, I've got a bit of hopium. There's a little bit of hopium in here in terms of like maybe. And there's a little bit of copium that's coming in now um, trying to deal with it all. I've, all the stuff that's happened thus far, I was pretty confident was going to happen. I just didn't want it to. Yeah, well, I mean, that's why when you asked me last week what my, you know, what my thoughts were on you knew that it was match, going. I was like, I was like oh, dude, I don't want to talk about this match. I know what's going to happen. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm not excited about this. Yeah. No, because we know where it's going. And it's gone where it's where it was where it was going. And look out for Jamie Blades and NXT people. I, uh, I'll just simply say this one: Yes, brother Nero, I knew you would join us. Uh, I don't think Jay's going to WWE at all. Um, I don't. I feel that in my loins. Uh, the match was absolutely phenomenal. Um, I thought it was one of the greatest stories that I've seen with high stakes that no one knew. And that's what I love at wrestling. No one knew. And I don't engage with social media and I just watch wrestling as a fan. And it's one of those things that when that match was starting, I had goosebumps the whole time. And when the final pin came down and that choke slam happened, I was like, damn. And then when Jay was fist bumping people and being so gracious and he sort of like went to a different realm of his character. And I absolutely have no doubt in my mind that we are going to see the catalyst of change here. We won't see Jay go to WWE. We won't see Jay <clears throat> do that at all. And when Jay does return, it will be one of the most glorious and greatest setups of a babyface comeback that you've ever seen. And I can't wait. I genuinely can't wait to be part of it with all of you to see that happen because 
I can see how sad everyone is. I know how sad everyone is because hmm. uh, I, I breathe. And I can't wait for that moment. And it's not about me being right. It's just a moment of, as you said, maybe, hope. Maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit, Red? No, not, not all right. No, no, no. It's just, it's, just a, it's, a thing, it's a thing with me where I just always have to lead with the positive. It always has to be the positive of what is good. And I, as a fan of the Fed, when no one was watching it, when you guys don't watch it and they hotshot things and it's just the pay-per-view next thing and everything, I saw some great storylines in that era that no one will ever talk about. And I'm fine with that. Like I said, no one will ever talk about it. Like no one talks about that era. Like that's the era yeah. that everyone on social media grew up with. You guys are my social media. So yeah. Yeah, we're not going to talk about it, but that doesn't mean that it's not the most popular time for progress. It's the time of greatest growth for the company. It's the, literally the era of its greatest growth. It's their most prosperous and financially successful time in the history of that company. What, what I'm just saying is that what's about to happen is going to literally be the glass shattering. We need the old Stone Cold, which is my favorite storyline of all time uh, happening in front of me, but involving Jay White. So we need the old Switchblade. So he'll go back to being a young boy at the dojo who only does Boston Crabs. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be really weird and confusing. Uh, but no, like I said, I have nothing else but faith in what's going to happen because wrestling is good and it's great and it's fantastic and it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to watch it with all of you. Well, I hope you're right, Red. I do um, hope you're right. What I like about New Japan is that you don't. It doesn't matter if you're right or wrong. If he's going to WWE, he's going. He's a he's a human being. The way they frame it, he's on. He's off there, yeah. and he may come back. To me, that's the way I look at it. If he's gone, he's gone. But New Japan don't view him as he's disappeared off the face of the earth. He's gone to WWE, but he's in kayfabe. There's a rationale for it. Yeah, he's been he's been banished, and I like that idea of shit. The only reason you go to WWE is you get banished from your other company. <laughs> I think that's great. <laughs> it's a great subtle story. It's nice. We kicked you out. I'm, I'm going to be straight up selfish for a second there. I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Jay. After saying what I just said then, I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Jay in the Fed or AEW because it would make me watch. Yeah, if you go it and watch that for the character, people would do that. that. Yeah, but that's what I mean. I just, I watch wrestling because I enjoy watching it and I engage with these characters and all that kind of stuff. And I'm genuinely looking forward to seeing if he goes to the Fed. Like you said, Sizzle, make your money, buddy. Jonah, make your money, buddy. Uh, you know, Shinsuke, make your money. Go and make your money. And I respect your views as well, Dave. I respect everyone's views. Um, but that's my one hope, is that if Jay goes to AEW, I'll be watching. And I'll actually be invested. And I'll actually be keen to see what happens. Whether I'm let down or not, that's to see. But still, regardless, this is a podcast about New Japan and the future of New Japan is exciting. And best of luck to Jay White, what you do. And we can't wait for you to come back and be a surprise announcement in the 2029 G1. Yeah, watch watch him somehow be back in a month like he did two years ago. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> and he just he just randomly attacks Goto. You know, like yeah, um, yeah. That's that's the way to you frame it the right way. Right, this is a New Japan Pro Wrestling podcast, and we talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling primarily because it provides a platform for wrestlers to invariably tell the stories at the 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 best way that they can 
in a context that has perhaps the biggest in terms of production value and scope and reach and accessibility. So it's like the best of both worlds in that space. There's a lot of spaces where wrestlers can do what they want to do, um, but they perhaps don't have the the greatest overarching grand meta control narrative of the entire thing. You know, that there's people just shoot their own shit in independence or there's great stuff happening in uh, Japanese pro wrestling, but it doesn't have the same level of accessibility or um, the same level of high level quality across the board at the top end. So New Japan's great for that. I was listening to a, a Kevin Knight was on the Grapsity podcast and he was talking about his transition. And this is an interesting part off the back, just as you mentioned before, Dave, about Jay White. And he said that uh, Kevin Knight said that the his transition to his new you know character, the, the Jet, um, he said all of that is him, that he literally just said to Gato, I like this part. I'm I'm into this type of stuff. I like this style. I like this kind of thing. And Gato's like, yep, trust your instincts, trust yourself. You know you, you know what would work for you. Um, and he just has to check in with him about, okay, this is what I'm trying to do. And he's like, yeah, that's cool. That's That makes sense. It's investment in the, the like, it's just, and I'm not here to say, like, I don't, say which one is right or wrong as all i say is which one i prefer to invest yeah, in. yeah, yeah. oh yeah 100%. and that's what it is that's and it. like yeah. i much prefer to give leo rush the ball and let him shoot a three-minute video that's just interesting and different and, him. and they would never yeah. give him yeah. that time on television to do that kind of thing as opposed to whatever nft stonks um yeah. leo rush you know what i mean like yeah because that feels like it's a it's been given to him as opposed to something that he has crafted in collaboration. And yeah. I and that, I mean that's always the aspect of New Japan that I've liked the most. In, in my experience watching wrestling, it's the least contrived. Yep. And that's that's why I engage, engage with it, and I enjoy you know predominantly most of their shows from the bottom of the card to the top of the card. And this Osaka show well, is a perfect reason, example of that. Yeah, because there's authenticity from the very bottom all the way through to the top. Even if it's like if it's the seed of something, it's starting at the bottom and you're getting to see things as they sort of blossom. And then at the very, very top, it's it's the same way, but it's fully formed. I do want to make one point, Dave, about not being contrived. And it's because it's it's recognizing and respecting the emotional resonance of the moment. Like when Jay's doing that fist bump to Tanahashi and when he's walking up and they do that incredible shot from behind him holding Gato looking out over a sold-out Osaka. And it's like whatever he's doing, whatever he's wherever he's going, as you said, it's not a contrivance because if he's leaving the Fed, they're recognizing what has just taken place and they're not pretending that he's disappearing or we we shit. Like, let's bury this guy on the way out. They are respecting. Yeah, yeah. We've never to be spoken of again. Yeah. No, they are respecting the resonance of the emotional resonance of that moment and saying that is part of his story and we respect him. And that to me is the difference. It's the same reason that they still haven't, no one's doing the one winged angel when Kenny left, you know, like they tease the thing. No one's going to do it because they respect him. And they respect what yeah, he's they're done. Giving, they're not just going to go, I will give that move to you know, this young up-and-comer who we think could potentially be the next Kenny Omega. You yeah, know? no. And, I mean, that's why ELP's whole thing was always teasing it because it was like he's the punk kid that's, you know, but they're never going to do it um, yeah. because that's not, they respect 
him of what he's done and where he's at. And that I just, I really feel because that's an unkickoutable move. That's the story. Like you can do a bunch of other finishes because everyone's kicked out of other finishes, but not that. And I think New Japan's commitment and respect to the wrestlers is is given back in the same way that, as I said, Jay respects New Japan. And my great takeaway, regardless of what you look at, is the flood of like awesome and lovely tributes from all the boys. I think you wouldn't find – I'm assuming Jay is an incredible guy backstage because everyone is talking yeah. and telling stories about him. Robbie talking about he was the first guy who, like on my first show, he was like, let's go to dinner. and Yeah. yeah he's the stuff. locker room guy. He's the leader of that thing. And I, it's obvious that to me, um, I just hope one day that he returns a bigger star, mm. you know, and that's all you can hope for. And I, I'm, I'm, sure, I'm assuming New Japan hopes the same thing, you know. Yeah. Um, so yes, thank you for the, uh, thanks for the time, Jay, come back soon. Well, gentlemen, uh, you know, emotions were had just then. And as always, just when you thought we were done, it is time for fun and let's turn this carousel back around. Yep. We have a whole bunch of questions from fans and how can they reach us, Josh, at you on Twitter? Yeah, they can find us on Twitter at WeWorkStiff. They can find us on Instagram at WeWorkStiff. They can find us, uh, at Reddit at WeWorkStiff. They can find us anywhere Good we work stiff effect. Yes, on YouTube at We Work Stiff. I had a comment from a future fan saying, Can you guys just please start putting shows on YouTube because they don't have Spotify or YouTube and they hate the internet? Uh, a future a fan. A future fan? Well, you've been time traveling? You hanging out with Kashida on the weekends. Is that what you do? Yeah. Now? That's what I do. They don't have the internet. That might be a difficult thing. Well, we, we go to their house and shout it at them. That would be the <laughs> way to do it. Uh, just attend a New Japan Tamashii show with us. You'll get a free live recording of the podcast. Yeah, yeah. The, the, CD, the, the CDs of all our episodes will be on sale at their website. Uh, yeah, our mixtape's coming. Boner Jams 99. Um, okay, as Red said, we have questions off the back of that. And you want to talk about uh, turning a negative into a positive. Uh, speaking of fans that we've met at uh, Tamashii shows, Lewis is back with another question. Um, the greatest Lewis to every part of this podcast. Because my uh, name yeah. is Red. Uh, yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Hideki Suzuki's purple trunks at Lewis six five six two nine two three five. Uh, he has asked, "What do you think Hikaleo's ceiling will now be? What does he end up doing now that the leader of the Bullet Club is gone?" So we have just mentioned Jay gave a lot to Hikaleo. Hikaleo was given a big spot. There was no fuckery, no shenanigans. It was a clean win. What do we think this means for Hikaleo moving forward? And I premise this by saying he is not in the New Japan Cup. What yeah, the yeah. fuck? I, I was somewhat surprised <laughs> by that move. <laughs> What's going on? This shot right there. I thought, why not put him in there? Um, I'll take over with this one because uh, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of the big guy. I love my big boys. Unless he's um, going to the Fed as well. <laughs> <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, yeah, where, where in the actual story was Jay losing and not Hikaleo winning. <laughs> Just like, off you go. <laughs> um yeah uh i think hikaleo is going to continue to have some sort of uh dominant presence and i think he's going to learn and i don't think we'll see too much from hikaleo in terms of uh greater storyline i think we'll see hikaleo sort of got pushed into maybe a trios uh with his brothers yeah with his brothers i i think that's kind of where we're going to be arcing with that one because that was probably the peak of what we'll get Hikaleo at right now. Yeah, but, but then why? But that's the question I read. Why give him that spot if he's just going to be in a trios group? You know, well, you you answered it before because it's kind of like the the young boy with Jay, and you know it hmm. meant something to the two of them. I think that Hikaleo will be cemented as 
uh, legit big man because, you know, Lance Archer and a few of the other tall big boys, they, they aren't around right now. So I think Hikaleo will become more of like a, a prominent big guy in the thing where it could be, this guy could actually just destroy you kind of thing. Not a, like, you know, set him up as a monster, but I think the peak mm. Hikaleo right now is a trio's tag run uh, because I genuinely believe that was the peak of his storyline in terms of that. Jay established him, Jay made him. Uh, so I don't really think we're going to see too much from Hikaleo in terms of singles uh, performance personally. I just think he's a bit too fresh with it all. Uh, so, yeah, when I saw that question, that was the first thing that popped in my head was uh, imminent trios uh, contenders right there. The only thing that would, would dissuade me from thinking trios is Tama because mm. I think Tama's probably gone past that now in terms of um, when's where's, when's Tongaloa back? That's my thinking. They're gonna go tag. I think that he'll tag with his other brother. Um, him and the Gorillas of Destiny will be Tongaloa and Hikaleo. Um, which is an interesting. I mean, it's a classic style tag team for New Japan. Like the classic, like two big fucking bruisers. For me, how do you say this? Hikaleo is a big guy. But he doesn't give off big guy energy. Yeah. And he has a lot of potential. Is he ready yet? He's not ready yet. And and he's 31. So yeah. that's the crazy part about Jay putting over the young guy. He put over a guy older than him. Um Hikolo had done a good job in the pre-match presser and a few things, but that post-match press conference, Jay gave out an all-timer mm. and Hikolo gave out a I would say he struggled in terms of conveying. He 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 hasn't got the the promos just aren't there yet, um, and that's going to be a challenge for a big man. I think he doesn't have to be. You don't have to be Jay White. You just have to be Farley. You don't have to be like. You just have to be like big, imposing, sound, threatening, and and I just think he hasn't quite mastered that yet. And so for me, I don't know. From a ceiling perspective, where he's going to get to, I think he's going to be a strong. I think he's going to be bad luck Farley, maybe like, and that would be that would be where he could peak. I would say at that level. Well, I mean, let's be honest too. Like Farley seems to be doing less and less these days. So, yep. Like you can, everyone can sort of have fun with bad luck Farley, but he serves an important purpose in G one tournaments and stuff in the past of just the big guy that's hard to, you know, yeah. it's an easy two point math maker you know because everyone's got a, an out against a big guy you know like i just got caught off by the big guy you know but as i said hikaleo is caught a caught in between because he's 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 not big as big as farley he's tall and rangy and and he's very tall he's um but i think the trouble is is that he jay white worked with him ex- exceptionally well that was the best i've seen hikaleo mm-hmm. ever um but i'm also very mindful of that you know, like I was in a Discord with people that are very anti Jay White because you know he didn't get on a plane for two years, and they were wanting to go. And halfway through that match, they're like, "Please stay," because they're realizing, "Oh, that's right, he's fucking great," because he was giving Piccolo all of that stuff, you know. And Piccolo was was with him, and he matched him along the way, and that was great. But the issue with when you want to be at the level that people want to see if, oh, Hikolo's going to be a title-level guy. Like, you have to be able to carry that. And, like, so you have to be able to wrestle other guys 
in an, like you have to have a match against Marker Bay at some point or something, you know, like and that's going to be fucking horrific, you know, because yeah, and too, like we saw what the Carl Anderson match was, right? And mm. you placed a little, a lot of blame on Carl Anderson there, maybe not really giving a fuck, who knows? But some of the some of the blame falls on Hikaleo as well. So, so I'm of the position where I'm like, look, that's a really key and important story beat for him. It's going to be really key in his history. I just hope that the weight of that that doesn't sink him. It could be a, a thing they look back on and say, this is, you know, the thing, that, the catalyst that drove him to find greatness, but it could be the thing that, you know, he'll be like a, he'll be like a trivia footnote. So I just hope, I hope the best for him. I'm a bit like you, Red. I don't think he's going to get propelled straight to the top. And the fact he's not in the New Japan Cup, part of me thinks, okay, they didn't want him to lose, but I know part of me is just like, like, like what? <laughs> I just don't get it. The other, that's the one part of me. I'm like, you you have this significant career defining performance and victory that is really significant and key and important, and you're not going to be selling any card for a month. It's like that seems odd. It seems really odd. Yeah. I uh I think maybe the tag run with lower will be able to disguise some of those efficiencies, yeah, in in his game for a period. And, I mean, that would be a fun tag team. And you could do stuff with them, you know, for with, you know, around the title and that sort of thing. And then, mm. you know, leading into tag year, tag league later in the year or whatever. And it'd be a good um, step up for Tungaloa too because he'd take a different role in that. In that team. Yeah, yeah, and he'd be coming back too. So you know, they'd be hot as a tag team, I would imagine. Yeah. Oh, yeah, as a faith team, yeah. I think as a singles run. Yeah, I agree. I don't think he's. Uh, I, don't, I, I watched that that Jay White match, and I it was another one of those ones where I was like, Jay made him look really good, but that match was controlled and determined by everything Jay was doing. Um, yeah, at some point, you could hear him. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, fuck. You, you give him the spot because Jay was telling a story with him for a long period of time mm. and all that sort of thing, and he gets, he gets the rub. How you use the rub is is going to be interesting, and it, it seems like it's not happening straight away because he's not in the cup. Um, you know, there's places, but it doesn't look like they're going to do it straight away. No, and let's be real. It's it's competitive landscape, and you, if you're given if you're given opportunity, you better bring it. <laughs> like it's because someone's willing to take it. Someone's going to take go past you pretty quick. And um, yeah, I think that's that's really the the key. And I think that's what this weekend, in a lot of respects, I felt really showed. You know, there's some guys out there that want the ball. Mm. Um, okay, uh, another question. This is probably a perfect segue. The doctor has. Returned. In fact, both doctors are back this week, lads. Um, Love when the doctors are here. And uh, tag team. They're a tag team. I'd say they should be called the waiting room. Hang on, their tag team would be called the prescription of pain. Keep keep just keep workshopping it, Red. I'm sure Dr. Gary P. Mariner at Dr. Gary Mariner will be ecstatic uh, by that new moniker. Um, But he's probably. Probably echoing a few of our thoughts here. Desperately want to avoid it all being Bullet Club. <laughs> uh, thank you, Doctor. We needed that help to move on. Um, so he asks, 
thoughts on the new strong style faction will it be suzuki gun 2.0 a short-lived ren vehicle or something else entirely any hot picks for future members so this is in reference to at the new beginning osaka show we saw uh in what i thought was a pretty you know, fun and compelling match uh, the team of Ren Narita, uh, Minoru Suzuki, and Eldest Brado beat the House of Torture for the Never Six Man titles um, and then proclaimed themselves, first of all, a bunch of huggers, which is something I didn't expect out of Minoru Suzuki. And then, second of all, they are now calling themselves Strong Style, um, a new faction. Um, and I am all here for it. So, what do we think this faction will be? Well, number one, you're wrong there. Uh, Suzuki is a massive hugger. Uh, he does a headlock, and that is the ultimate form of reverse hug. Um, I am curious. Uh, that's how I'll put that one. I'm happy. <laughs> Minoru Suzuki doing anything, I'm always happy. Um, Minoru Suzuki with a belt, I'm happy, because it leads towards things where... You have people taking them on. And that's really one of the things that I love about New Japan is just seeing the diversity in what these characters can actually do. And I'm really genuinely excited to see what the next chapter is going to be for Suzuki. Uh, not really much I can speculate. I know the two of you can way better than I can. But it's just one of those things where it makes me happy to see that uh, he has belts and that he's going to be more on the cards and this brand new faction is going to be featured more. So, yeah, I'd, like I said, I'll let you guys go into more speculation about what it all means. But, yeah, I'm, I'm just genuinely happy about the decision of this one. Any uh, picks read on who you'd add to that faction, given the name being Strong Style and, and the dudes that are in it? Oleg. <laughs> That's a good pick. I mean, adopting the, the the young boy of all young boys, the young man. That's the yeah. only I could think of right now that I, I would personally see that that would blow me away if that happened. I think everyone would be blown away if the third leg turns up, the only leg. Um, I'm interesting. interesting. There's a couple of things. Interesting. One was, yes, awesome for Suzuki. But this is Ren Narita's faction. Like it's that photo, uh, that image is such a cool image of them holding the belts and Narita standing in the middle of them holding it up and each of them having their own distinct identity. And it's almost like Suzuki like being like, yeah, I got the guys like hugging. Yeah, you're part of the, yeah, we got him. It's like the number one blue chip recruit. Like, yes, we got Narita. It's like, and I feel like it's kind of a conscious move and it's been moving away a little bit where it's like, Everyone looked at Narita like Shibata Jr. And it's like they're trying to move him consciously away from just being seen as a, you know, a corollary, like a of, like a parallel of Shibata and more a, a, yeah, an embodiment of strong style as a yeah. broader thing. And Suzuki being another, like Suzuki's an Anoki. So I mean, Suzuki fucking challenged Anoki of the young bike. Suzuki's got legit strong style links. So I really like that positioning for him. I don't think it's going to be a short-lived Ren Narita vehicle. As as I think it's, I think it might be a space for him to grow. So I think putting him with Suzuki makes sense. Um, I love the dynamic. We talked about it last week about this is New Japan Pro Wrestling, and so the fact they call themselves Strong Style is on brand. 
the fact that El Desperado is strong style to me is perfect because that, yes, that's exactly what modern New Japan Pro Wrestling is. That guy is strong style. Two things Desperado tweeted out this week that's important to note. One, that he tweeted out to Robbie Eagles that he'll meet him at Tamashi at some point. Oh, fuck. Yes, I, I said that's, that's all I want now. It's my 2023 agenda. We, we, I mean, did he listen to the podcast? We said that. Because <laughs> we, we fucking called for that shit. Did we book this? If they do a death match. <laughs> did we book this? I think we might have booked it, Red. I think we might have booked it. What Despy did was he wished Robbie a happy birthday. And Robbie said, thanks. Um, you know, like, thanks for that, man. I want a match. He said, I'll drink 33 beers in that Tamashi. And he's like, any time, like, come on. He's like, all right. And it's like, yes, great stuff. Um, yeah. Despy has also now tweeted out that um, just announced for the All-Star Junior Festival representing Freedoms, June Kasai. They kind, they kind of had a good match last year. Oh, just, a, just, a, just a little one. Um, just... <laughs> June Kasai is just keen to just murder a bunch of people, <laughs> small people from other factions. <laughs> he's he's going to kill a couple of company vases, just take yeah. them out, um, which is fucking great. And yeah. the, the hype for that continues to grow. Oh, it's going to be chaos. It's oh, going to be fuck. ridiculous. Um, so, but what I like about that is, okay, you've got Despi and you've got Suzuki, who have that you know Suzuki Gun story and that history of, but they're not their equals now. I really love that. That's you know, they're, they're, Suzuki's not the boss. That they're just a team of guys that ultimately are trying to teach strong style and and they embody strong style. And he wants to showcase this. And I think Suzuki's going to wrestle for the world title at some point this year because he's in the back. He cut a promo talking about to be strong style isn't just putting on a pair of black trunks and saying, duh, like having a fucking shot straight out of Carter, just a fucking shot. I fucking love um, it. Beautiful, just beautiful. Like we get Suzuki white backs again. Ooh, yeah. Fuck me. And I just think that that faction to me – we talked about it, about the parallels about Ren Narita and his development and about how Ren's been given nothing and Shota's been given everything. Mm. To me, that's the story of these those two guys are parallel and they're going to be telling it. And Narita is killing it. And I, for one, felt so good about that match because so you want people out there, and I understand it, that crowd was so invested in House of Torture losing and, you know, Suzuki was getting the baby face of all baby face reactions leading to the ultimate Narita hot tag, which we could all see kind of a mile away. Yeah, but yeah. it was like the the heels are getting their comeuppance and they and it made that trio feel important and like the biggest baby faces on the show, you know? And the great thing about it is because House of Torture is so, you know, they're all doing the fuckery, it just affirms the strong style vision, you know, that we are embodying pure strong style wrestling. And Narita's wrestling evil in the first match of the cup. You know, it's that story is being being told. And when I see him being on the same side as Yano, I see this vision of like Narita being like, I'm here to destroy fuckery. Like none of this shit in the new New Japan, you know? So I like that faction. I know I don't know. I can't pick, you know, when I look at future members and where they want to go, I think it's the looking for guys that I think embody the purity of what they want to try to achieve of strong style pro wrestling, which is the almost like the, the, the vision of Anoki, you know, I think that's kind of what they're trying to, to tell, which I, I said, ties Suzuki to Okada in some way that they will dance at some point because it's the vision of strong style that 
Suzuki wants to embody in this faction is not the one that he sees being projected on all the billboards and all the fancy stuff by this entitled prick Okada, you know, up the top. So I, I like that. You know, this ungrateful little prick has embodied the, you know, the the legacy of my senpai. Meanwhile, I'm here, you know, and I'm passing it on to this guy. I'm making, I'm saying this guy is the true inheritor of Strong Style. He's the true son of Strong Style because I say it. I like that dynamic of that, of that, the passing of the torch happening um, before our eyes. So, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a faction that's going to be around. I think it's going to build. I don't think it's a trio team. I think it's a faction, and it should be. Strong Style is a fucking great name for a faction in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yeah, uh, I, I like the idea of like that that building around Strong Style. Um, yeah, I think that it might it might seem sort of somewhat leaderless for a period of time, but then perhaps Ren may, he might sort of assume the mantle down the line after Suzuki attempts to take the title off Carter or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I actually think that the guy that we mentioned last week, you know, that we had hoped that Zach was going to wrestle mm-hmm. uh, for that belt, uh, but then now it's going to be Clark Connors, which I'm pumped for that fucking match. That's going to be awesome. And I love that video. What a video. That was, that was fucking amazing. Yeah. Getting pissed uh, off when he watched The Office. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's crushing the cans. Yeah, every time he's crushing the cans. Brilliant. Incredibly and then, crazy. And he kind of like, you know, he's like shoot behind at the end of the promo. He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that a good addition and one that would make sense could potentially be Gabe Kidd. Mm-hmm. I think so. From a style and attitude perspective, and he's he's pretty for a sort of tough, hard nail sort of guy. And I want to see him back. And I think that, you know, I like the idea of him either within uh, TMDK or that faction because he, he kind of seamlessly fits into both and different yep. aspects of his personality could shine within both. Yep. Um, he could be more of a larrikin sort of thing in TMDK and be a real kind of punk and he's kind of got that feel. And then mm. within Strong Style, he could just be like a fucking tough bastard, which he feels like he's got that as well. So, And him and Narita would be a, the dynamic as a chemistry as a team, I think would be really be good. Really cool, yeah. yeah. Um, so that would be where I would go along the lines of that uh, as they flesh out. But yeah, I think that's fun. I like that they won the trios titles. Um, it makes you wonder what's left for Hot at this point. But mm. yeah, we'll see how that plays out too. The Narita uh, Evil matchup at the start of the cup. Maybe there'll be some stories there too. Mm. Um, I like I like the way you know there's lots of potentials within that cup uh, yeah. based on where guys are on in the, within the brackets and who their first rounders are and then who they could potentially match up against. And we have a question about that too, Dave, okay. from the other doctor, Dr. Jonathan, at Jonathan Foy. I've done well, haven't you? Yes. He asked, how do you see the former Young Lions New Japan Cup runs going? Um, so obviously I'm assuming Dr. Jonathan is talking to the oh. Ren Narita Shota Umino positions um, as opposed to you know, all the former young lines are in the cup because a few of them. Um, but yeah, I think the more recent uh, graduates and returnees, where do, you know, how do we see them you know, going in that cup? I mean, the, the, the big question is, does the show to make the final is kind of the, there's been the speculated story. I mean, they both got interesting runs because you would assume that 
Narita would beat Evil in that first match, but then he comes up against Jeff Cobb, in yeah. and you know, Cobb's got the the free pass into the second round. Yep, and also it's a US title match coming up at some point. Yeah, uh, and you know the potential to sort of come up against. Osprey, even it's like, wow, oh, fuck, yeah, there's some cool shit that could happen there for Narita. If if he gets to Osprey, that'll be insane. Mm-hmm. I uh, and and very very much potential because I don't know if they do the the Cobb Osprey. I don't match. think I don't think they, especially if it's if like I think it's going to be Yano beats Davis. But if they did Davis versus Osprey, I don't think they're going to do Osprey. But I don't think it's going to be Osprey versus Giant Empire. Yeah, no. yeah. Uh, and then on the other side of the uh, the bracket, Shooter's got the interesting one. Yeah, Shooter and because I mean, who knows? Takahashi could knock him out in the first round. They might do something ridiculous there. I wouldn't think so. But the next one is the big one. But him and Zach, Zach getting the free ride, uh, and then that you know that potentially sets up a fucking Shooter and and fucking David Finley match. Mm. I would be pumped for that. Yeah, the fucking. Uh, but the thing is, the Dave, YouTube, the YouTube boys get together. Yeah, yeah I know. Wouldn't that be great? Yeah. The meet in the mountains. I hope they've. I hope they're wrestling in the mountains. We we'll have to go back to the short-lived. Finley and Juice get drunk and convince Shooter to get drunk in a small Japanese hotel room YouTube series, um, <laughs> <laughs> which was fucking amazing. I think though, uh, I'd be interesting to see because here's the thing: Zack Saber Junior.'s um, character the biggest sort of character trait he has is he's the world's best tournament wrestler. Mm. So um, I don't, I don't, he would ostensibly be losing his first match in the tournament. And I don't think, I don't think Shooter beats him. That's, that's the thing. If Shooter beats him, then Shooter's going to get a TV title match because that's the way they'll set that up. So is yeah. Shooter going to move in that direction? These are the weirdies, like the oddities of this whole thing. Um, I don't know. I really don't know, and that's what's exciting about the cup as it's being presented in the in the in everyone's expecting because the way the story's being told is it's going to lead to Naito shooter. That's what people think it's going to get back to, but I, but because because that's been in the Japanese press, that's all that shooter's talking about, and his his whole thing is I'm taking on Takahashi first, and it's like I'm going to beat Takahashi first and Naito last, I'm going to take down Team No Limit. Like he's like calling back the Naito stuff, so the Naito. And shooter story is being a big focus. Yeah, well, I mean, he wants another shot after he wants redemption, hundred <laughs> percent. And you got a feel for shooter. It's like his his next big singles opportunity after that is going to be wrestling Ujiro. Like, good luck, good luck getting something out of that. Um, but again, Naito's wrestling ELP in the first match, and I think if Naito gets past ELP, he probably goes on a run. But it's it's as I said, it's super exciting because we don't know where so many of these guys. Are currently positioned for the cup, you know. Yeah, um, I mean it, it. It's curious because, man, do you do Naito and Osprey again so soon? Yeah, it's a legit question. Do you do Naito? I I could see Taichi getting through to take Osprey. I could see them yeah. going back to that immediately. Fuck, you could. I, I mean, this is after Mudo versus Naito. Yeah, so they they could do Sonata Naito here. Yeah, there's lots of options. Uh, it's it's so stacked. I mean, there is potential. How's this for fucking blockbuster potential? There is potential here to see Kyle Fletcher and fucking Shingo. I oh, know that's Dave. That is my 
that is my uh, agenda because you look at the booking, right? Aussie Open are going to get to Bishamon. That's what we want. Yeah. The way it's booked is it's Fletcher is wrestling uh, Yoshihashi and then it's Goto in the next round. So it makes perfect sense for Fletcher to beat both members of Bishamon to get through. And then I think Shingo makes his way through. And yeah. we've said it forever and we got to see it firsthand with Fletcher versus Eagles saying that you know Osprey two, here's your chance to really like you want to be Osprey two, wrestle Shingo Takagi and see what you can do. And I think it would be a showcase. And it, wherever that, I, that would be the time where I'd be cornering him getting this on the contract before he goes out there. Because once he does that, fucking every promotion on the planet is going to be wanting to sign Kyle Fletcher if he gets that opportunity. Um, so I'm, yes, I, but that's, that's fresh. There's so many fresh potential matchups in this, in this cup this year and different ways. It's like the ELP Naito match has been the one that when it was announced, I was like, Oh, that's really, really curious. Yeah. Because it's like, what do they think of ELP? That's kind of my thinking is where do they where do they place ELP? Can you imagine he knocks out Naito and then loses to Owens in the next round? <laughs> yeah, like, right. Like they could do something really weird with ELP. Oh yeah. I mean, yes, yeah, yeah, Chase Owens is back. Yeah. But uh I mean, it's possible. It's possible, but I feel like if ELP wins that match, he's on a he's on a heater, you know. Mm. And then it's ELP. I mean, ELP Osprey have history, you know. Yeah. Like there's, there's, I, we will see, we will see. And a lot of it depends on Battle in the Valley coming up and what they shoot off of the back of that in terms of angles. I mean, part of me, I the, so much of that cup is like, like I look at a thing like Taichi Sonata, the winner gets Kenta. Like oh my god! Like if Tai Chi versus Kenta happens, like you were talking about, you wanted you wanted Tai Chi versus Nakajima. This is your next best thing. Like this is the next best you can get in New Japan is you get Kenta. You know they will kick the ever loving shit out of one another. You know, it's just a a field of guys who are all looking for that breakout. There's so many guys that you could see. Like this is a really open tournament because the winners getting Okada at Sakura Genesis. What are they going? Like, where are we going to go with Okada so soon? Like, what is the yeah. what is and the I mean, shot? That is the reason why I could see Shooter getting through is mm. to, get, to continue that that sort of oh, that you know you know horrible prick you know the the rainmaker yeah. of terror just a kind of shitting on all the young fellas. He does a Kiyomiya to Shooter. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I mean it. It'd be interesting. It, I don't know. Then, do, what, 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 I mean, Will Osprey is like, fuck. How do you not put him through the final? That's the that's the great question. Who takes out Osprey? And that's going to be the hardest thing because Osprey's on this story. Um, yeah, I mean, you, I I think you could do Tai Chi. Because if you want to get yeah. rid of him, you could do a fifty fifty straight up, and then they meet again later in the year. It'd be interesting too, because you could do some interesting things there where, you know, we talked last week about Osprey and wanting to wrestle different styles yep. in this big year to reach Okada. Yeah. If he's got Yano first up, then he's doing, what, is he going to pull out a five-star banger with fucking 
comedy well, comedy match. Or or it's the classic banana peel. <laughs> like get him out of the cup. Yeah, maybe. Um, uh but then but then he's potentially got Narita. Yeah. Or you know, or evil or whatever. So I mean it could go so many different ways. I know. That's the exciting part about where and the we're gonna, is. someone's gonna have a run. Yeah. That you don't expect. Yeah. That's the exciting part about this cup that as announced, it's like who is the one? And it just reiterates just how deep New Japan's roster is, is getting at the moment in terms of heavyweight challenges. Because I could I could ostensibly, you know, say I could make a case for twelve guys, ten guys, mm. like that I think could could challenge for the world title off the back of this cup in terms of that they would have been appropriately built and they have the level of, you know, the gravitas to do that. You know, it's, it's a really, and like half of them are leading factions, you know, like, and that's what's exciting about the prospect is how do you book that? How do you tell that story with a guy like, like to me and it's, it, here's the, 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 the final, I want to see that I don't think it's going to happen, but I would love to see it. It's dangerous techers. Is oh, yeah, Zach goes through, Taichi goes through, yeah. and they meet each other in the final. That would be big. Yeah. I mean, wouldn't that be the great story of, I mean, Zach, I think Zach, if Zach gets past Shooter, Zach goes deep because Zach, that's his character. Zach, yeah. if Zach beats Shooter, I think he makes the final. I do too. That's what he does. So you set him up and the whole story of them being which one's holding the other one back and they meet in a fucking cup final with Zach being the, the, the preeminent favorite all the time, Taichi having to go through a murderous row to make it, you know, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. um, and then loses to <laughs> Zach, you know, well, or wins wins. I think yeah. he, if you're going to do it, then you, you do it. You, because uh, with a Carter, it's like, here's the thing. And we'll get to it when we talk about Shingo versus Akata and Akata's year. But Akata ain't, ain't losing this belt. He ain't losing this belt until January 4th, 2024. Like, and look, I mean, if he does, I'd say he wins it back a month later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not, he's on one of those runs. And yeah. it's to me, it's no coincidence he's resting Tanahashi again. He's echoing those epic runs. We're going mm-hmm. back. And we're going back a different way now. We're going back with a naughty boy, you know. Mister Okada is coming, you know, and I like that a lot. But I think that he's going to be this unstoppable force that people are going to have to deal with, and you know. He's stolen Coda's cunt face. Like he's gone. Well, there's no more Coda. Well, I'm just gonna adopt. Yeah. That aspect of him <laughs> demon he was like demonic he yeah. just had this like blank stare looking at the like he it was really good because he didn't look at someone he looked at the ground he's like looking straight down as like i have now adopted the darkness my old friend you know and it's happened before our very eyes you know it's brilliant what he's done as a character and how he does that and we'll get to that when we talk about his you know banger but the the so he's this like he's the guy so Put up new challenges to him that we all like. No one expected Shingo to beat Okada. It didn't preclude it from being an epic experience, and also propel the same narrative. The baby face in Osaka, Shingo being the Dragon Gate guy, you know Osaka's Dragon Gate ties or whatever, 
but he's the baby face. They all want Shingo to win. You need to give Okada people, mm. baby faces that people will get behind and want to see beat him. Oh, you're, you're selling me on Taichi winning the cup, Josh. That's what I'm trying to do. That's <laughs> what I'm here to do because you need him to keep beating those type of people because it will keep perpetuating. He doesn't have to go full heel. He just has to constantly be working against over babies, you know, and that will help I think, him. I think at some point it's Okada and Naito again. I just yep. think it's too early in the year for that. I think that yeah. might be later in the year. I mean, you I mean, could 100% could be, do it. It could be a G1 final. Who fucking knows? Mm. But Or a G1 semi or or a block final or yep. whatever. I mean, um, you could do it. I could see them booking it as safe because yeah. it's a, like a first return but, to... You know, Sakura Genesis. Sakura Genesis, yeah. I just feel like that that match needs to be bigger. I mean, uh, like a Dominion or... Mm. I think I think Okada will get a few new... Well, I mean, he's wrestling Tanahashi next, but I think he'll get a, a taste of a few guys and he'll run through as the year goes on more of a murderer's row until Will, and Will will kind of do the same. Yeah. Um, but may have a couple of false starts along the way. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the story that they're telling. And that's, to me, the cup is the first inclination as to, oh, what are, who, what are we thinking in terms of how we're going to position Okada in this, in this year? And mm-hmm. it's, it's who his opponents are. Because, yeah, the way he's portraying himself currently um, – I mean, we might as well just get to a discussion about Okada at this point. Um, off the back of that, before before we do, yep. Do you do you have any? Do you have like not a not a solid pick or anything red? But do you what? Do you have any kind of thoughts on who you think might win the cup? I'm going through it. I mean, there's a lot of compelling matchups in that first round. Yes, yeah, great. Um, it's great. Look, I'm I'm just gonna say it just simply because he is on the storyline. I'm gonna say Will Ospreay, um, just because I I I think Will, he's made this his year. He's gonna say. Do you think they do Osprey Okada this early? I and do, then, I do. But there's, there's a continue that story for later on in the year. As well. uh, I, I personally think they do because this is balls to the wall. This is go for everything right now. Everyone's watching. Um, let's, you know, put all the big matches on. But I mean, Will Ospreay right now, like he is doing he's as he said, he's doing his year. So he is going on this path of just going through it all. And I saw Will there and I'm going, well, if I'm a betting man, I would put every dollar I had on Will Ospreay winning. I might lose a lot of money, but I just personally think that it, it isn't too soon to do that match. I think right now there's a lot of eyes on New Japan and why wouldn't you have one of the best wrestlers in the world taking on one of the best wrestlers in the world? Currently right now, that's how I'm thinking. Well, wouldn't yeah. the, the fear be that he gives himself one year and he does it in two months? Like that would be the concern because his goal is to beat Okada in the, the, for, the world, for the world title. Yeah, to, be, to beat him at the Dome. Or two, two out of three. Yeah, the last two before this year, they they wrestled at the dome. We all know I don't exist in a realm of rationality. So I just when I saw Will Osprey there, and I looked at the bracket just then. Well, the tricks have been to be how to get him out. If he's not going to win, how do you get him out? That's yeah. I mean that's a legit question. If he's not winning, that's that's what that's what I mean. Though. Who beats now, him? 
like his will's the whole thing. So I would love to see Taichi get that win back. Oh, it'd be so fucking juicy for Taichi. Yeah, and you could do it at the cup because the cup isn't. It's not one of the. It's a marquee tournament, but it's not like the marquee heavyweight tournament. No, it's it's the it's the up and comer test the guy out thing. It's the Will Ospreay won two years ago. It's the Zack Sabre Jr. You know, it's the place for the next guy that we want to make. Can can I have one hot take though, very quickly? Of can. Um Tama Tonga. Tama Tonga's in this, and that one is quite fascinating to me right now with what's going on with him. I mean, it wouldn't be too re- out of the realm for um Tama to actually pull this off. Be big, you have to beat Shingo. But I mean, like if you're going to say put Hikaleo and Takaloa when he comes back into that tag bracket, why wouldn't you propel the other member of the whole Jay White story into this sort of like next category? If you want to make a guy have him win the not so caliber major tournament, have mm. him go on take on you know Okada. He doesn't lose anything if he loses to Okada. He gains everything if he wins. And I mean Tama Tonga going on to win this would actually propel him into that main event scene and have him as like a legitimate threat. Like we well, did he did wrestle Okada in the G1 semi, right? Like that was he lost to Okada last year. Mm. Um so I mean they do have history in that sense. It's the thing of he's holding a belt. It's always the it's that's the great thing about the cup is that what it can ultimately do is it can propel so many stories. Like you don't know like Whoever right. beats Tama, if Tama if Tama loses, whoever beats him's got that. That's the never program, you know. Whoever beats Zach, that's the TV title program, you know. Like you've got so many, and you just don't know who it's going to be. Like who's it going to be? Like is it going to be Shingo beating Shingo's KPW? So like, there's just these random little matchups along the way. If one whoever beats someone is ultimately setting up a program out of it. So yeah, there's like, so many different ways you can go. Yeah, Okan's in there with the. British, British heavyweight world. title. Mm. Uh, I mean, man, after the G1, don't count out David Finley. He can right. he do a run, go through, win the cup, challenge Okada. That would be an interesting sort of follow. It would follow the narrative, that same narrative of like beat the young guys Yeah. Uh, on this uh, sort of reign of terror. Yeah, I, I don't. I honestly have – There's so that's exciting. There's so many possibilities. Everybody you mentioned has got a, a credible argument for why they should be positioned. I mean, there's only a few guys that I think have got, you know, haven't got, that I don't want to see ever run, that may get pushed, but don't I want mean, to see it. Is this the year they uh, they shoot on Ujiro? I mean, he <laughs> wins it all. I mean, imagine that. It's exciting. It's really, really exciting. I mean, outside of Osprey, which is the obvious one in my opinion, but yeah, Tama Tonga, I could just genuinely see being the one who would actually have that chance because he wouldn't lose. If he lost to Okada, he still doesn't lose. Yeah, and I think it fits the rationale. It fits the rationale. I I feel like everyone they're putting up against Okada is going to be white meat over babyface. That's going to be the the story of the years. Everybody they put up with him has got to be someone that the fans fucking love because he has to crush the fans' dreams consistently and win their respect but, but shatter their hopes. That's that's the Okada of this year because that's what he did against Shingo Takagi where he, the um, again, they had, I think that was their fourth, their fifth match. I think that was their fifth match. Yeah, their fifth. Good segue. 
Yep, it's a perfect segue um, as we go. But they're first in, in outside the clap crowd era, so um, which is scary when you think about it. And that leads us to a bunch of questions we have right now around Okada. Um, we have from I'll ask them, I'll ask them here to, together because they're basically very similar. Um, we have Miss Doom from the Discord asking first day, yes, uh, saying that she knows it'll be a very J heavy episode. She's not going to ask about him. Uh, right, you are. Um, we, we did pretty well, I think, you know, all things considered. Um, she says Shingo versus Okada was their best match yet. How long until Shingo has the top title again, do you think? Pretty sure she's asked that question before. Yeah, when is Shingo <laughs> getting that belt? Um, Yes, uh, and then Steve Lawless at Steve Lawless asked, uh, "Do you think Okada will keep the heavyweight title all year?" I may have already answered that. I see maybe two times he might lose at Sakura Genesis or Dominion. If he gets past Dominion, I see him running the table for the rest of 2023. So, this is the idea: Do we see? How do we see Okada's year playing out? What do we think of? And, and I think in a lot of ways, it, it speaks to the match he had on the weekend against Shingo in terms of what we thought of that match and what it tells about potentially his direction and obviously him turning up the next night at Noah. Um, to rain make the absolute fuck out of Kaido Kiyomiya. Um, what are we seeing with Hakata um, this weekend? That And where do we see him going? I guess it's kind of the, the questions that were both posed there. I mean, straight off the bat, I just thought of another tag team. Lawless Doom. Uh, I want to see Shingo with the title as soon as possible. Uh, he deserves it. I wasn't watching during the pandemic and... He was champion and he carried that belt for so long. I want to see Shingo in that level, but, and I'll get into why I'm saying that, but uh, due to what I think is going to happen, positioned where Okada is right now. Uh, yeah, I would also love to see Shingo get that top title. I don't think it happens this year because I think there's too many uh, bigger stories within the main event scene that will play out this year. Uh, that won't yep. involve Shingo. Yep, and he won't beat he won't beat Okada for the belt. No, he'll beat Osprey for the belt. I do think that yeah, possibly. Yeah, I do think he'll have um, some key kind of rivalry things happen throughout the year, but they'll be at that sort of upper mid card level, and possibly potentially project him into a main event slot for some time next year. Well, that's the thing about Shingo; he's working all Japan this weekend. Like yeah. he's kind of that guy they can just he's old reliable. He's gonna be a, a vision of New Japan Pro Wrestling and you can heat him up in two weeks. But I mean that match. Oh yeah. Ooh. I mean a while back kind of asked the question in ring, is there anyone better? He's I I mean, that was a great match. And then like I, I like I like nasty Okada. I think that's more interesting to me but oh, way more but uh fuck man shingo's he's, he's just special insanely good he's mm. so fucking good mm. so fucking good and i couldn't take my eyes off shingo more than uh anything in that match he 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 I mean, fucking all these heat up spots how he connects with the crowd the crowd yeah. is so into him <laughs> yeah um and, you know, that last, I don't know, three and a half minutes, the crowd was, like, fucking 
just on their feet, making all sorts of noise, stomping their oh, yeah. feet. That last the dragon spot where Akata's first kick out of that last the dragon, that crowd clearly fucking came. They were like, they, they were so close. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so whatever whatever Shingo does is going to be great. Yeah. Um, I just think that, yeah, probably 2024 is, if it's going to happen, is a time when you'll see it. I don't think you see it this year. Yeah. To me, the Shingo story, as for as much as he's had banger after banger for Carter, the, the, the Shingo story is as a junior coming through, having multiple matches, quality high-level matches with Will Ospreay. That's the rivalry. Those two are the guys that are paired. And for me, the elevation of Osprey will get to the point where he will be crowned the champion. And to me, that's the rivalry to then to kick off is Osprey versus Shingo for the world title. Um, and you do a three match series the next year. You think Osprey versus Omega? Like, let's not forget, like, these Omega Okada things are like seven stars. Like, Shingo and Osprey are in the six and a half, right? Like, they were fucking Meltzer yeah. was losing it for those during clap crowd eras. Like they can return to that story at a high level. And I think that to me is, is when Shingo will get, um, and let's be honest in uh, the way it world the, the world works. He's wrestling uh, a Western guy. He will get his plaudits even more when he's yeah. wrestling Osprey um, at the top end. That's how I see that going. I think. Fuck. He's good. He's just so fucking good. Oh my God. He's like, he's the best one of the best compact power guys I think I've ever fucking seen. He's so fucking clean. Mm-hmm. And Okada's a big dude, and he's fucking throwing Okada around. He's so fucking good. Yeah. Like, he's so quick. He's so powerful. He's so... So clean. Yes. He's crisp. His power moves are so crisp and clean. It's fucking insane. I don't think I've ever seen anything quite like Shingo. He just shocks me when I work. Like, here's a here's like a floating idea. I think is Shingo the best. Is Shingo the best signing New Japan's made of like the like he's a like he's a idea. signing. Yeah, what like, a steal. What a pickup. Like <laughs> yeah. poor Dragon Gate, but like he was a guy where it's like he was the big dog in Dragon Gate. He was the biggest Dude, guy. He was like off that match alone. Shingo's a shoe in for fucking blockbuster. You want to talk about blockbuster? Yeah, blockbuster. He yes. is fucking, he doesn't need story. He will put a blockbuster every time he's in there. He's just fucking that good. Because everything that people say Osprey is Shingo is 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 just that as well. Yeah. It's just his style is and he's like an action movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just but you he got that crowd invested emotionally in him at a level that like I I saw it again a lot of the discourse this week about the 30 something minute match right and I was like oh it's another 30 minute match you know and a card of formulaic whatever it's like what no one watch that match very different very yeah. different a card of working very differently in the way they did it but that's the the point of one Japanese New Japan fans expect a long main event. They'll feel cheated if you give them 15-minute main event. It's not what New Japan's style at the main event level is, and it's not what the fans have become accustomed to, to wanting. But another, it's building the the groundwork for that eventual build. And they're like, oh, if only we get the last 10 minutes of an Okada match, if we start off, it's like, yeah, but that, the only reason you get the last 10 minutes of an Okada match is because the first 20 minutes are building that story of Okada dominating, of controlling. And that's why like Okada does that fucking money clip that everyone fucking hates. But as a heel, it works great. And it builds 
it's like it just slows the pace and it sets us all up to inhale like exhale and then we breathe in and then we go and then from that moment on shingo's fire up spots as he's starting to build the pace it emphasizes his speed it emphasizes his power because it's going from this sort of methodical base that akata has built and then akata's on the back foot having to respond and speed up and so it just crescendos i those two have insane chemistry Shingo has insane chemistry with basically everybody. He can get a good match out of anyone. But the the story, as I said, is you're seeing so much about what they want from Okada with Shingo in this sense where it's like we talked about it when Okada had that monster run where he's on that the epic run. We used to talk about how everyone would go into every title defense wanting Okada to lose, but at the end of it, respecting and accepting that he deserved to be in that spot. He's like, fuck, yeah, okay. And he sort of made that a conscious decision saying to Shingo, like, like I, you, you, man, like you are, you're pushing me to other levels. And Shingo's like, yeah, good on you, bud. And off I go. This makes everything legitimate. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. It's a, he's a ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous wrestler. And he's the best, I think at this point, and I, I, sort of, I don't want to, but like, everyone's getting factions. It's like, give fucking Shingo one at this point. Like at this point, like he is so good. What can he do? Like he just he transcends his faction. <laughs> He's faction. Like no one knows what Sh- Shingo's just Shingo, and like they would never do it. They would never do it. But Shingo Naito final. Oh. oh, I'm so pleased that he got a world title that legitimized him as a guy to be recognized as a Hall of Famer. Because that's just your resume. It's like oh, he's a IWGP World Champion. That's that solidifies you as one of the best wrestlers to ever do it. You know. But to see that match in a clap crowd, oh, I can only imagine what a Shingo world title win in a cheering crowd yeah. would be. Because in that cheering crowd there, you know, Saka, they were fucking losing it. I'm not here to shit on Noah at all, but I watched the Noah show the next night and the difference in crowd investment. And the crowd were into Kiyomiya versus Morris, but the yeah. difference in the way they were behind Shingo, it was it was it was spiritual. Like yeah. they were and like I mean we saw it at Forbidden Door. Shingo gets over with a fucking, you know, raise them eyebrows spot, you know? Yeah. He doesn't have to do much and he just he just he's able to connect with the crowd in a in a way that is like very unique to him. Mm. Um, so yeah, I wanna see a Shingo reign with uh, you know, proper crowds that would that would be amazing. I just don't think it happens this year. No, no. that leads us with where to for Okada, I guess. So, there was a guy a couple of years ago who completely opposed the entire notion of New Japan, he was pissed off, angry about the entire company when he came back, and it propelled him to a level that was not seen by any New Japan wrestler full stop for a long time. And that guy is Tetsuya Naito. And we have seen letdown after letdown after letdown. That's his character. That's his storyline. What's going on? I think they're setting up for a rehashing of a new version of the Okada Naito storyline that I think is going to be the best version yet. Now, if someone's going to say, call me Mr. Okada, who do you think is going to be most opposed to anyone saying that? Who's going to disrespect someone the most who has a championship belt, who rightfully so thinks he also should be at that belt? And right now is a time when all eyes are on New Japan. I want to see the Tetsuo of old. I need the old Naito. 
while Okada is having this belt saying, I am the best wrestler, I am representing the best company, this is my version of anarchism, I just can't wait. And I really hope it pans out. I really, really, really want that to be the storyline they go forward with Naito coming back to the old that he was years ago. I mean, that's probably what Naito wants as well, right? <laughs> and where, yeah, the question is where where do they do that? And is that like the you're saying that's the story for the year and they lead to the dome? Yeah, hundred percent. It'd be going back to the well. I mean, the the only the only concern would be if Naito goes heel. The dynamic there, because if the old the old Naito is like the Rudo, um, disrespecting the company, it'd be interesting to see how they. Because you're right, then it's you're you're right in the sense where they're setting up for a defender of New Japan. I mean, that's just, that's what it's being set up for. Um, I'll be interested to see. I I feel like that as counter and illogical as it may seem, that Osprey is meant to be the defender of New Japan. You know, as he's been presented versus and Osprey versus Naito is I feel like going to be probably like Osprey is going to be dancing with. Omega this year at some point, but he's got to wrestle someone else along the journey. And I feel like Naito, Osprey, I mean, is that the G1 final? Like, is that this? Because ultimately, who's going to be the one to go to try to defend, as you said, defend the honor of New Japan versus this entitled prick? Um, I don't know. I'm not sure because Anoki, the Anoki stuff with Okada is different. I don't know. Last year it was all about Okada being Anoki, like trying to emulate Anoki. Now it's like he's just become his own thing. Like whatever he's like, the Mister Okada thing is like you, young punk, and Noah's beneath me. And I like that story. Like I mean, we have to get to it. Like the Noah attack and the promo was something that I haven't really seen out of Okada. I mean, ever in terms mm-hmm. of like when he was cutting, remember when he was a heel, like a, a heelish person, Gato was cutting his promos for him. Mm-hmm. He was like, I. And he'd still do, he, even when he would still do like, uh, I've got three things or whatever. And he'd sort yeah. of, yeah, it was kind of like he sort of, he was riding that line of in ring, he might be a bit heel, but then the promos would be very face. He'd never it, call someone an asshole in a yeah. promo. This, um, this is a little, this is like uh con- he's like condescending and showing no respect oh he's, he's beyond condescending he's like saying you're right he said he told katakimiya well, you think i'm afraid of you there's you give me not one reason to be scared of you i'm not scared of you i'm not wrestling because i don't want to give these no offense the the uh the satisfaction of me lowering myself to come and work for you guys what a prick right mm. like mm. that is a prick so if you're trying to like i said like that which is counter to what nato did with the mudo thing nato is very similar and like i nato comes out with a baby face i love mudo i grew up watching him i was in high school i came here to watch you know i came to osaka to watch mudo wrestle you know and he's like and everyone wants mudo to have this glorious go out in a blaze of glory five-star classic and he's like and i'm gonna beat the living shit out of him because that's what because that's what he deserves <laughs> i'm like i don't get the logic but i'll take it no like i don't know how that led to that conclusion 
yeah. it was like he was telling this beautiful tale of all these stories like but you don't deserve that i'm gonna beat the shit out of you and i was like okay gonna um and as i said and, and then akata said something almost eerily similar like i'm going to yeah, like to the young guy yeah the yeah next to Kimia. the new generation yeah yeah um so it's really interesting where they're positioning those characters and i yeah. think to uh, me, it, in a way that's like it's it's in defense of new japan really isn't it it's like we, mm. you know it's it's shouting out to everyone that new japan is dominant but showing no respect which are which that was the thing which isn't which isn't the um you know you look at the year and what new japan is doing and all these things where they're they're bringing in other companies and building partnerships and, and that's not that's not the new japan current model at all it's not about that it's about respecting and relationships and beautiful yes and yeah. the ultimate company man in, in okada who's seen as the face of company has, is criticizing the company for doing that i didn't agree to this match i'm not doing this sort of stuff i and the entitled prick i won't do it i'm not going to wrestle him i'm not going to do this sort of stuff he has i don't, I don't watch other companies why yeah. would i watch other companies yeah like for so long he was the entitled prick in the sense that jay would say about okada that he gets whatever he wants now he's not getting what he wants Right, mm. he's not getting. He's he's saying I don't want to do it, and now they're making him do it. So, in so many ways, he's positioned differently in relation to the company. So it's it changes the dynamic in a lot of respects. He's the entitled guy that's now losing his entitlements. Like he's losing. And he's getting shitty and yeah, and nasty as a result. He's like he's a he's petulant. He's like a little fucking kid that's upset about. He's throwing it's throwing the toys out of the fucking crib because he's like fuck this you're not respecting me i want to be respected and i'm fucking mr okada respect me he's saying to kimia but really he's like talking to the fucking new japan office he's like all of you fuckers are getting it and you keep you give me tanahashi i want tanahashi because i want to like the face of new japan the ultimate new japan representative yeah i'm gonna beat the fuck out of him i'm picking you you're coming back let's go to america i'm gonna beat the shit here and i'm gonna prove that i'm better He's going to keep doing that over and over again. So, yeah, I do think Naito will come along at some point because Naito is another one of those great faces and yeah. has such emotional connection. Dominion in Osaka makes would probably make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I'm going to beat you too, and I'm just going to keep doing Like, if they did Dominion in Osaka and somehow figured out a way to get Naito, Okada, and, and uh, Osprey Omega on Dominion, as like the meeting point of that, I think that we'd be all pretty much happy and saying, "Yep, uh, that'll do." I'll sign out for that. Yeah, I mean, Dominion tends to be more like that's my Wrestle Kingdom. Really, it seems to be the show that I like the most as an individual show. I could definitely see them going in that direction, um, and then the winners obviously spurring off into the heading towards the the Wrestle Kingdom main event. But that. That's yeah. the, the character development that I, as I said about Okada, is he a heel, is he a face? It doesn't matter if Okada, and to be honest, it doesn't matter if New Japan Pro Wrestling, in terms of their characters, most of them at the very top yeah. level can move and shift depending on the, the rivalry that they're in. But the room they're in. <laughs> yeah, right? But ultimately, for him, he has he has moved towards the black gear. And I, I mean, I don't take it as any sort of like, like there's a lot of guys wearing starting to wear black gear all of a sudden in that chaos faction. And I mean, it was a great thing. Speaking of, you know, things that that make me so happy to see Robbie Eagles on Twitter, fucking having a go at Leo rush. I was like, Ooh, you know, callback obviously to that tag league, but obviously saying like, hang on, like 
this wasn't talked about in the chaos group chat. I wasn't involved in this. You're sending the challenge in now. What's going on here? If and and then Leo Rush saying, "Well, Okada okayed it," and it's like there's something going on here. There's something. He's been pushed. Yeah. There's yeah. Okada. There's Leo. There's Yo. There's a then those boys that are all wearing black all of a sudden. You know, there's something going on yeah. with with chaos. There's something happening in there with a bunch of guys that feel a little bit like. They're the petulant kids that that aren't getting their way, and rather than yeah, look at Yo's Yo's character change, he's like a bit the same, bit of an asshole, getting a bit yeah. And the bad child, I mean, you want to talk about petulant child? Like we literally describe it. That's yeah. Leo Rush's name. That's his name. Yeah. <laughs> to me, it feels like there's something happening in that space, and that's what's really fascinating because, as you said, where you talk about Naito's character, Okada's embodying that's the essence of that that same disillusionment with the company about where it's going relative to him and this almost commitment to being anti-New Japan whilst being a representative of New Japan. And I like that deviation. And I think that it will, there's, there'll be switches happening where whoever he wrestles is going to be the most over babyface. So whoever they pick to wrestle him is, is going to be really conscious as they move along because they're trying to make faces. And the like, so I see Taichi as being a very real possibility I mean, I see Sonata as being a possibility at some point. I see those type of guys that they want to build up. We saw it with Shingo. We'll see it as we move along. Whoever they deem as we need a face to elevate, they'll get to that, leading to the ultimate baby face elevation, which is Will Ospreay. I mean, that's where it's headed, where Ospreay does the one-year arc and conquers all of the demons, adopts all the skills, and beats the the black hat in, in Okada at Wrestle Kingdom finally to get to that spot. I think that to me sets it up, and then you know, I, Carla can do whatever he wants after that. Maybe that's when he starts going back to Omega. Who knows? The internet goes nuts. But like, yeah, I, I just feel like I'm the most excited about an Carter presentation I've been. That Noah angle again was just like I'm like all in on this. I'm like, yes, bring that fucking match on. Like, let's go. I'm so interested to see how he wrestles Kiyomiya. I think, and Kiyomiya as well, because Kiyomiya is going to, he's basically mirroring the same thing. He's going to be a, lack of a better word, he's going to yeah. be a cunt in that match as well. I don't I think this is going to piss him off even more. And you you watch him try oh, and lay in some more stiff kicks. And the whole story is that this Kiyomiya isn't on my level. And Kiyomiya's whole thing is I'm bringing the next generation with me. It's funny. Kiyomiya is trying to prove something to Noah. Like he's trying to prove a philosophy mm-hmm. to Noah that we need to back people like me. We need to back the next generation. And Okada's trying to prove something yeah. to to New Japan that we are above these guys. <laughs> you know, like we don't need to be part of this. And I just think that is so interesting. Mm-hmm. As you said, the company is moving one direction and the face of the company is moving a different direction. That is conscious. That's clearly conscious. So where do we go and how do we how do we get there? It's going to be a really fascinating follow. And I'm I as I said, I think Steve talked about about Dominion. Um, I think Dominion is going to be a huge, huge matchup, I would imagine. And and I said it's, he could lose at one point, but I don't think he's not gonna I think he's gonna be champion come the dome. Um but I, yeah, I think if he's gonna lose, it'll be in the G1, mate, like before the G1, maybe maybe at most and someone holds the belt throughout the G1 different to him but I cannot see I can honestly I feel like this is the year Okada runs the the year he owns New Japan he dominates from on top and it has the world 
craving a savior to, to take him down. That that to me is the the story. And that's who's going to be the savior. And then that's a great story. It's like who's going to be the guy to step up? And the G1 becomes this hotly contested um field of people that have a legitimate sort of claim to be the representative to to stop Okada and to finally represent New Japan the way New Japan wants to be represented, which is as, as a New Japan has said, you said, Dave, open, um, but adopting of all styles, reflective of relationships across the, the thing. All of those things are what New Japan is trying to represent yeah. and body. And Okada's saying, I don't want to do any of that. <laughs> Fuck that. Um, it is. <laughs> so whoever's going to beat him is going to be somebody that embodies that ethos. So, yeah, figure out who that person is. Who knows? The G1 is going to be an unreal story. And I just hope that I just, I know it's a, probably a pipe dream, but I hope that Kaido Kiyomi is in it because that's where you you want to get rid of Okada some way. That's the way you do it out of G1. You know, you have Kiyomi beat him in the G1. Yeah. Then power struggle can be Kiyomi versus Okada in the final thing leading up to the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, I mean, shit. No, I'd be so scared. No, I'd be like, don't please don't that. let him go over to their <laughs> locker room. Whatever we do, don't let Kiyomiya into their locker room. We get to see what this new Okada is going to be. He's going to wrestle Tanahashi and then three days later wrestle Kiyomiya. Like, this is, if you don't think that Okada's on a heater, like you're going to go Shingo, Tana, Kiyomiya, they're, they're doing the thing, man. They're doing the thing. Where he, and he's also doing the thing of like, you know, I haven't won wrestler of the year yeah. for a while. <laughs> I think I'm gonna go, I'm gonna do a run, but I'm gonna do I'm gonna do a heel. I mean, that's kind of cool. <laughs> it's different. And yeah. Yeah, it, it makes us think a lot differently about a bunch of different things. I mean, it makes it makes the um uh, the impact of the challenge is pretty significant because if he's gonna be going up against, you know, beloved baby faces in their attempt to dethrone him makes for super compelling sort of stories. The crowd's mm. going to be hot and invested. Uh, you know, they're all, they all add stars to Meltzer's ratings. Don't they? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm very curious to see what he's going to do with the, um, with the Shingo match. But as I said, if that, if the, if the blueprint is the Shingo match, if that's the blueprint of like the baby face underdog challenger fighting underneath working hard, we're in for a run because they're going to do the same thing with Tanahashi. The crowd is going to be so like the, the, the American crowd is going to be so behind Tana because it's like in America, Tanahashi is still, I mean, he, Tanahashi holds his reverence, but I think he holds it even more in America because he's so special and you get to see him so rarely and to see yeah. the best, see the most, to get another chapter in the greatest modern rivalry is significant. So that one, everyone will know that they're witnessing something important. And so they will be super mm. invested into that and they'll be invested into Tana. Oh, you know, and like Tana wins over. I mean, he they had he against Moxley, he had him fucking cheering for him. So <laughs> he had the AW crowd wanting Tana to beat Moxley. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he can win over the American crowd. There's no way he's doing that. Yeah. Still my still my greatest regret is that 
Punk didn't he didn't get a chance to turn against to turn Punk heel in Chicago just yeah. to prove the greatest baby face in the history of yeah. mankind. Yeah. Yeah. But you're right. So that again, it fits the narrative. So that's how I look at heading towards the cup is not so much who wins, it's who fits Okada's narrative moving forward, you know? When is that US card? This Saturday. Probably the best US card that's been put together since MSG, maybe. Um, obviously some pretty big matches at top. I mean, the big story going into that card was the main event. People are upset. Um, um, Mercedes fans are upset that they're not getting the main event. Um, but uh, you're never main eventing over the world title Okada versus Tanahashi. Yeah. Do you think there's space that there would have been space to maybe have another like another stardom match on this card or there's been talk about that, but I think stardom's in the middle of the trio's tournament. I think it's the dates just don't line up that great. Right, right. Um I agree and I know they want to do it. I know that's the direction they want to go. We're getting Fred Rosser versus Kenta. Yes, Kenta's going for the strong title. Wow. Now, interesting interesting on this card is where that's placed. So if you look at the card layout, it's kind of interesting. There's, a, there's you know, a, a multi-man match starting the card, and it's leading into a strong title match, which is going on before the strong tag team title match, which I thought was really curious. Mm. Why is Kenta – like, that should not be the order. Um, but then you notice after that that Jay is taking on Eddie. I'm pretty confident that – that's where Jay gets booted from Bullet Club. They do the Bullet Club breakup angle there in, in the US where it will have the most resonance relative to the Western fan. And I think Kenta's a strong champ is going to do something. I think that's where they're going to head in that in that match. Because I was I was all in for maybe Jay's, you know, maybe he's not going or whatever. But then I saw him his third match on the card. I'm like, <laughs> like okay, yeah. I don't think it's uh, I think it might be on the way out, son. Um and then uh yeah, and then from that point on, it's just it's just Big time, big matches. The filthy rules fight. No DQs. Ring ropes will not be used in this bet. Homicide versus Tom Lawler. Yeah, oh, just shit. a full on, just full on brawl. Yeah, just a fight. A um, yeah. bit of um, sort of blood sport mixed in there. Um, obviously, Clark Connors versus Zack Sabre Jr. Wow. That will be incredible. In the US, Connors will get over even more over there. Right. Yeah. Um, and then obviously we we sort of head towards the big sort of stories, you know, the biggest of the you have Mercedes, obviously. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I'll, I'm looking forward to seeing that match. Mm. And they're going to get plenty of time. They, like I said, like people are like oh, it's a, the building as a double main event. It's like oh, the we're disappointed the women weren't getting it. They're not going to be seen as a real main event. It's like yeah, Wrestle Kingdom had a double main event. Most people saw Omega and Osprey as the main event. Yeah, it was a double main event. You pick and choose which one. Both got Osprey and Omega got more time. So like it's not a they're gonna get plenty of time and it's gonna be a big stage for Mercedes, a huge stage to ultimately it's the it's the sort of the rubber hits the road moment for her from all that she's wanted, everything she's wanted has led to this moment. Um I'm interested to see what she looks like and uh yeah, wrestling Kyrie, who's I love New Japan's website and stuff they do. They're like uh, singles record Kyrie one and zero versus Mercedes, like some random WWE match, probably in the middle of nowhere. Like it's like, um, but it's yeah they recognize history from everywhere. But yeah, that's going to be really really telling. So I think it's going to be a great show. I think they're going to shoot a bunch of random angles. I don't I think I don't know 
like Finley's on the show in the undercard, so they'll be heating him up for the for the um the cup. It'll be it's interesting. It's the first sort of direction. I've I've heard that TVSR he's going to be taking control of the production, so that's really good if they do that because that's the biggest thing that New Japan in America has struggled with is their production has been shit out. Finley's in a singles match against Bobby Fish. Mm. I don't know. Just, yeah. It's a random. Oh, Josh Alexander's on the card. Fuck yeah! Yep, in yeah, in that in that uh, multi man, which looks great with Kevin Knight, and there's like Mascara Doradas in there. Like it's yeah. New Japan, New Japan strong cards are always fucking loaded. You know, they're just stacked with talent and guys that are trying to show out. Like if you get on strong and showcase yourself, you can, you know, you can make it. You can like you can get across there. And I'm looking at it like. If they're going to do a bullet club leadership thing, someone on that card, someone in this in this this area is going to take the thing. I don't know who it's going to be, but someone there is getting it. JR, you know, <laughs> do the push, do the push. I think Coglin finally gets Kratos in this in that year long story they've been telling. He finally deadlifts him. Yeah. But yeah, it's it looks like a really great card. It looks like it will have some consequence. The you know Jay White Eddie Kingston is going to go down as the most random trivia note. Maybe like Eddie of all people. I would love if they if Eddie Kingston was given something substantial in New Japan. I think that mm. give him a G one run, you know, just like just something. Just give the guy something. Give someone give him something, you know, and um obviously he's gonna I think he's gonna beat Jay White. So like yeah. that's that's pretty substantial. So it's got to set you up for something, unless it's a Hikaleo situation. So if I beat you and disappear. Well, I mean, if you want to ingratiate Jay White into the American audience, why not have the darling Eddie Kingston take him on? And that way, whatever happens, whether it's Kenta and with the Bullet Club and stuff like that. But if you want to have the American audience mm. understand who Jay White is, have him in a match with Eddie Kingston. It's absolutely perfect because that could lead towards an AEW rivalry. That could lead towards so much going futures, you know. So I think it's a really, really smart option for Jay White in this card to actually have that kind of a match. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston to uh, lead Bull Club. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he can cut the promos. Oh, yeah, I mean, shit. I mean, <laughs> look, who knows? who knows? Honestly, who knows? But it could be Finley. Finley's on the card. Could be anybody. Yeah. Anybody. Literally, it could be any any guy. Um. People are people are pitching Mercedes. I've heard yeah, that heard around that, yeah. the traps. I don't mind it, but I, I mean, I don't mind it. no, like yeah. it's everyone's speculating about Bullet Club leadership because that's kind of just what people do because they're like, we know they're not going anywhere. So who's going to be the new leader? I just hope that I want it to be Kenta because I think uh, Kenta will like completely change it, or I want it to be Chase Owen so it just dies. That's my two options. <laughs> My two options, uh, I want it to evolve and adapt. And I think Kenta has the, I think Kenta wins a strong title and wrestles a bunch in America. I think that's something that he'll do because he's a good face of that. And I think that, yeah, from the card, it looks it looks like a really fine card. We're, we're eating well as New Japan fans because we're getting Okada at Tanahashi on a Saturday and then Okada Kiyomiya on a Tuesday. You know, like that's what's happening. You know, like that is ridiculous. And I'm a huge fan of Fred Rosser and that Kenta match just came out of the blue and I'm like all on board for that. Like I am so keen for that. I'm a big Fred Rosser fan, have been for a long time. And yeah, that match just came out of the blue and I'm like, fuck yeah, sign me up. Kenta get out of someone and Fred Rosser can go. 100%. He's a, he's a coach in the, um, he's a coach now yeah. in the um, dojo, Fred Rosser. So 
good for him. It's been a great evolution of his of his time. And I think, you know, Kenta's yeah, Kenta's done a bunch of stuff on strong previously with the tapings, you know, winning a battle royal, whatever, to finally get this shot. And I think it's probably time for for you know them to reframe that. So yeah, I think that's where it's probably headed. Um, but yeah, it looks like a off the back of this this card and where we're headed, I think there's enough. If like I said, if Jay's going to leave, that we find some, we find a positive out of it. We find some, someone gets elevated, really gets elevated, and I, I hope that a battle in the valley that we figure out who that person's going to be. You know, it's got to be really compelling and has to really mean something. He told Gato not to come. I think Gato is going to be there, and I think that he's going to bring someone with him, and I think that's kind of the and. Part of me wants, well, most of me wants it to be ELP, to be honest, because I think that guy's ready. And he cut a great promo at the end of his, after losing, and revealed about eight things that no one knew. Like one, he's wrestled with a torn MCL. And two, he does graphics for New Japan. <laughs> he's the graphics guy. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, he's like, I've done everything for this company. Like, I've been over here. And he was like, but he was also talking about like strong style. You want to talk about strong style? It was like, I think he's maybe signaling that direction, but... Um, he was just talking about how much he's dedicated. Like he said, everyone was flying away and not coming over, which is a shot at Jay, let's be real. Yeah. And he's like, and I was here. I was always here staying in shitty Japanese little hotels, doing all this sort of stuff. I feel like he's the guy. I feel like he's the guy. And I feel like we haven't seen, we have not, we've seen one tenth of what ELP is capable of. Like we have not seen what he can bring and, I think he's got the promo. I think he's got the aptitude. I think he could be the heir apparent to Jay White in terms of that overarching crafting of narrative and being able to control and and be quite like, look, the guy was given a fucking loaded boot angle and somehow made it compelling. I mean, if you think about it right now, like, you know, Finn Balor, AJ Styles, you know, Jay White, if you think about the amalgamation of like what a wrestler who all of them combine, it would be ELP. Yeah. And I mean, he always does the callbacks to leaders of Bullet Club. That's he does the Styles Clash, like he does the Bloody Sunday, like uh, he does all of that shit. And he's a Canadian, like that's the Canadian leading the Bullet Club. You know, like it just seems like it's set up for for him. I, I feel like he's the he's the guy, and I would love to see Gato and him walk out and just fuck over Jay. That would be that'd be what I want to see. I'm there for that. So let's see if it happens. Uh, it probably won't. I'll probably, it'll be Chase Owens and I'll be fucking throwing things and uh, <laughs> it'll be great. Can't wait. Can't wait for that experience. I can always jump back. I can always jump back.